On this week's episode, we're back with the disturbing and twisted tale of Jeffrey Dahmer and a review of three different movies based on his life and the horrific turn it took. So throw those body parts into a jar of acetone and meet us in the pod shed. We're drinking rum and cokes laced with sleeping pills and talking about murder. Welcome back to another episode, THC, True Hollywood Crime. I'm your host, Mariah. This is your host, Bailey. Senorita B. It's been <laughs> so long. Again, we took another two-week hiatus because Sorry. mommy had a migraine last week, like a really bad migraine, like a on the you floor. You were down for the count for two days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It had me on the floor in my closet just to be extra dramatic right. on the floor crying. Mm-hmm. So bad migraine last week stopped recording in its halt what stop it stopped us from recording <laughs> it's been too long i don't why, know how to why do are this. you trying to make this harder than it needs to be <laughs> plus we have a big case and it was just like you know if it was the bling ring or something we, we could have done it no but, and i agree this is way too intense so we have to start on a little bit of a somber note not I, I know what you're gonna say i'm not talking about dmx okay good but listen rest in power dmx you are one of my favorite rappers this episode's dedicated to you he was the man no this is something else that i have not talked to you about yet oh, God. so one of my favorite true crime podcasts which i have shouted out many times on this show is sword and scale yes I did not know. I went down a rabbit hole last week about Sword and Scale. Apparently, the guy who runs and hosts Sword and Scale is like super problematic, like racist. Oh, shit. Has like um, tried to get nude photo. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly has tried to get like nude photos from like teenage girls. Uh Uh-uh. And what's interesting is I did like that podcast. Um, However, there were a couple of episodes when the murderers were people of color. In particular, there was this one episode about a man who's Native American. And he never said anything like overtly racist ever. But there was just like a tone Mm -hmm. in which he was speaking about these people that left a bad taste in my mouth but I thought especially with the Native American guy I thought I was just being because I'm a snowflake liberal I'm a crybaby I thought I was just being overly sensitive and that does obviously touch closer to home with you Mm -hmm. so I just thought I was being super sensitive but then I saw some of the stuff that he's like tweeted out and said like in public and you're like whoa Whoa. if this is what you're saying in public what What are you saying yeah behind the scenes Mm -hmm. um also Fam, some of the families of the victims that they talk about on Sword and Scale have come out and said that just basically the podcast has released like really personal information about the victims and like they understand it's part of the story. But at the end of the day, their loved one got killed suffered. Yeah. and like, mm-hmm. do we have to bring up their whatever it is yeah. that they're like dragging up? So that's a bummer. It was a bummer. I went down a weird rabbit hole about it and 
I'm not one for like, oh, cancel culture and cancel this person and cancel that person. But it's kind of a lot of stuff. Yeah. And he went on Instagram Live, which is where I first realized it. I was like, why is he on Instagram Live? What is this about? And he has this ongoing feud going on with this person who's really popular in the true crime world. She's a lawyer for this guy. It's a long story. B. Whatever. People, true crime fans will know who I'm talking about. Rabia. And he has this ongoing feud with Rabia. And I don't know who's in the right or who's in the wrong. I don't know enough about it. I just know he went on IG Live to talk about it. Yeah. And the way he started talking about her was really weird. Okay. And the way he started talking just about people and I don't know. Okay. It was just weird. Yeah. And then what really got me twisted was I went to the comments and I realized that my little snowflake liberal ass does not belong there because it was all like super right-wing people commenting oh, which is totally fine right do you there's a lot of those people in my family and in my life but not but a place i was like whoa mm-hmm. this is not where i belong you'd normally <laughs> find me yeah uh-huh. <laughs> these, these are not my same people so yeah you know bit of a bummer that is so if you've heard me shout them out before on the podcast i did not know about the problematic things he said i had no clue yeah so oh well <laughs> Another one bites the dust. But we're going to follow up bad news with good news. Okay. This has been, uh, I've been meaning to bring this up for about two months on the podcast. Oh, is that all? Okay. Every episode. So do you remember a while ago, I read that book I really liked called Drowning in Stars. And this was like your new favorite author? Well, I just really like this book. Okay. I haven't read anything else by Well, her. then no. Okay. This is the book that I really liked. This is the one that you're like, that sounds depressing because it was about like the... Uh, the abused kid moving to New York yep. and the girl takes him under her wing and blah, 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 blah. Okay. I had emailed the author of that, Deborah Anastasia. Yeah. About how much I enjoyed her book and how much I wish she would make a sequel to it because okay. I really want to find out what happens. Dude, she emailed me back personally. Amazing. And said, thank you so much. <laughs> it's taken you two <laughs> fucking months to remember to talk about this. She thanked me. Um She's not writing a sequel, um, but she sent me a bunch of like stickers and swag and stuff. So That's I put cool. um, one of her stickers on our laptop. Yeah. And uh, it was pretty cool. Okay. So there you go. A big shout out to Deborah Anastasia. <laughs> Thanks for looking out for <laughs> the little people. Two months after the fact, but we'll still take it. <laughs> Anyways, um, anything else? Well, how so- was your week? I don't care about my week. Yeah, fuck it. Me neither. That's irrelevant. But I will say, so the last podcast, you had recommended what I learned last night. Yes, the podcast. Which I did try to listen to. Um, I had told you how I, or you had mentioned how I always start with the first episode. And you're like, maybe start with something you're interested in. Their first fucking episode? Yeah. Halloween. Oh, that's so funny. Really? I've never looked back to see what the first Uh episode is. Yeah. And while I really enjoy them... Yeah, I have learned I don't like podcasts that want to teach me something. I was just going to say, <laughs> you don't like learning things. No, I really I know. don't. I, I really knew don't. you were going to say it before because you said I liked it. Everything else about the podcast. Except for the educational part. Exactly. Except for them trying to teach me about Halloween. That's I'm like, so funny. Guys, this is not what I'm here <laughs> for. I don't need to learn about people like trying to turn turnips into jack-o'-lanterns. And that shit. is so funny. Yeah. So right. I did give it a go and I did enjoy it more than any other podcast you've recommended. Ooh, I will say that. Big news. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I definitely don't enjoy learning things. Perfect. So Listen. the podcast I'm super into. <gasps> yes. You're into a podcast. I'm so excited. Don't be. 
No one else on the planet is going to relate to this. I'm literally the only person who's going to really enjoy this podcast. Okay. It's Tap In with Harry Jowsey. Who's that? The guy from Too Hot to Handle, which you did not like. The show where everyone on the island wasn't allowed to fuck. Right. I only watched the first episode. Correct. All it is to me, it's like an updated like love line. Okay. Where I would say that Harry Jowsey is kind of like our Dr. Drew. He's... 24 laying dick everywhere in Hollywood right now. Love it. He's putting his dick in anything that fucking moves and talking about it on his podcast. And like giving love advice and just talking about what it is to just be a 24 year old dude that can fuck pretty much any DC list celebrity that (laughs) there is out there. Oh my land. He doesn't drop names though does he? Depends on if it's somebody that he's obviously been like pictured with, seen with, known to fuck. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or if they've talked shit about him. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I just wouldn't want. I w- I would feel. I wouldn't weird. say that it's in a disrespectful way. Okay. I would not say. Fair that enough. He's being, so this is what you like. This is it because okay. I don't learn a fucking thing. But they just talk about a lot of inappropriate shit, and it puts the biggest smile on my. Face. Fantastic! Look, there's a podcast for everybody, baby. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so yeah. Great. So tap in. Tap in and listen to it. And then what? Since then, we've had Easter. Yep. We had Zombie Jesus Day. And thank you for bringing up Zombie Jesus Day because I've got a couple things to note about that. Oh. I've always watched zombie movies for Easter. Yes. Right? Because ever since like becoming friends with Bobby, that's just that's what we do. So this year, I don't know why I hadn't seen it yet. Um, the Dead Don't Die. Never heard of it. Let me list some of the fucking people in this movie is it first of all what you're like give me a ballpark of a year recently like, okay within the last few years maybe 2019 fantastic bill murray adam driver chloe 70 what steve buscemi danny glover what? rosie perez carol kane tilda what? swinton iggy pop selena fucking gomez the list goes on what who are why yeah exactly why are they, do they spend their entire budget on the cast yes because the movie can suck a fucking bag of dicks yeah. it's awful it's awful nick and i both fell asleep oh well, my god and then i tried it again the next day because i'm like i need i need to finish i need to get through this it's gar- garbage it's so bad do you know how bad it has to be for b to say it's bad oh i wanted to like it so much i mean me and adam driver i'd give anything to like this movie right yeah I will say I really enjoyed Tilda Swinton's character. Yeah. <laughs> really enjoyed her in the movie. Fantastic. And the ending did finally get a laugh out of me, but it's so fucking slow. Wow. It's the slowest zombie movie on the planet. It's and, crazy to have a slow zombie movie. And that's just it. Slow zombies are boring. They're fucking boring. Yeah. Right. And these people are just dumb and not figuring it out. And Adam couldn't make it any more clear. Like, you have to chop off their head, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So not my thing. And then. So how many knives would you give it? Half. <laughs> half a knife. <laughs> Only because the cast. Wow. Otherwise, I'd give it zero. Perfect. Oh, okay. Perfect. I guess. And because it was like the kills were fairly decent. They were pretty okay. gory or whatever. Okay. Um, And I want to bring up your vaccination logic because i think it's brilliant oh the vaccine yeah first of all if you're able to get the vaccine just go ahead and get it i mean what's it gonna hurt but the way you described it to me is everything. so here's how i feel here's my hot take on the vaccine and really anything that falls under that category like what's the worst case scenario 
the vaccine turns everybody into zombies, mm-hmm. right? That's what we always joke about. Like, oh, this is how the zombie apocalypse starts. Then fucking sign me up. I want to be a zombie. I do not want to survive the zombie I do apocalypse. Not. No. By the time we run out of wine. Dude, no more hot showers. No more air conditioning. No, no more Netflix. Good food. Bye. Yeah. No more anything. It's no tablet to throw at my child when I can't take it any longer. <laughs> no more. Nope. I don't want to survive it. I'm good. Make me just the zombie. Make mm-hmm. me a zombie. Yeah. Fuck it. So all these zombie relations just had to bring it, <sighs> bring it back in. Yeah, I'm not trying to survive the zombie apocalypse. I don't have it in me. I really, I know I don't. I know myself well enough to know. Mm-mm. I don't oh, have it in me. My husband knows. To kill me because he can't keep me and our child alive. Right. I am dead weight. Right. For sure. <laughs> Leave me behind with all the alcohol and the food. And when I run out, I will deal with it. Right. Be gone. That's that's a good stance. I'll stay with you. Yeah. At the we'll end of the day, fine. we can kill each other. Exactly. We'll figure it out. Um, and we won't puss out. I know we won't. Well, if the last option is kill ourselves or be eaten alive by zombies, then I'll take kill yourself. Yeah, exactly. But, and here's the... Um, or starve to death? I'm not going to fucking starve to death. No. Or eat dog food no. instead? Uh-uh. Also, being a type 1 diabetic, I only have three days after the insulin Anyways. leaves the earth as it is. And insulin needs to be refrigerated so for it to last... fucking raging. So even if we, like, rob a Walgreens or whatever, a you pharmacy... You got to keep it cold. got to keep it cold. Mm-hmm. So, and then eventually that'll run out anyway. Yep. So, fuck um, it. Mm-hmm. We're raging. Yep. Anyways, so real quick, we owe a shout out to our friend Stephanie because I put on Instagram, THC podcast on Instagram, that if I left a clue about what this week's heavy hitter was, and I said, if you can guess it, we'll give you a shout out. No, she did not. She she totally guessed it. And I asked him, well, did B tell, tell you? And she said, no. I know my non-fictional killers. <laughs> and I said, okay, girl. So, Stephanie. Wow. You I'm get your shout out. Good job, girl. Okay. So, that leads us to this week's heavy hitter is Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dahmer, Dahmer. The Rah-rah-rah. one and only. Um, Give out his nicknames, please. I will at the beginning. Okay. Real quick, our game. So, when we cheers, yes. Take a drink every time you hear us cheers. Take a drink every time I can't pronounce a name right. Oh, it's going to be rough. You are going to get hammered, Hammered. y'all. Yeah, it's going to be rough. And then how about uh, take a drink anytime one of us yawns because we're both pretty tired. Okay. Yeah. And I was going to say any who's probably going to be a big one, too. We're just going to be like skimming through some shit. So you can drink. You can drink to any who you can drink to a yawn and you can drink to me fucking up names fucking up names yeah. left right and center yep let's do it that's our drinking game this week guys so Get we are doing with us. jeffrey dahmer aka the milwaukee monster aka the cannibal monster or sorry the milwaukee cannibal <laughs> the cannibal monster amazing <laughs> the cannibal monster uh, uh, that's what i'm going to call this this week's episode what we call it, uh-huh. the cannibal monster <laughs> cannibal monster from milwaukee no, the Milwaukee Cannibal and the Milwaukee Monster, which I didn't even know. I didn't know a ton about Jeffrey Dahmer. You should call him the Milwaukee Moonster or whatever that cheese is. <laughs> the Munster. Yeah, Munster. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, this was a shout out to my little brother's fiance, Lori. She's from Wisconsin, and she's the one who brought up the fact that Jeffrey Dahmer is from Wisconsin. Yeah, I had no fucking idea. Me neither. I didn't mm. know much about Jeffrey Dahmer. No. I knew that he supposedly ate his victims, but you get into the case and there wasn't even that much of that going on. Like they really leaned into the cannibal aspect. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, and from what I got from my movies, which who the fuck knows what happened there? Oh, um, I saw more feeding it. What movies did you watch? So, I started with Dahmer. Okay. 2002. Mm-hmm. Because it was the newer one. It's not the newest. It's the newer one that focused more on the killings. Okay. Not his background. Uh-huh. Because I figured you were going to go into that. I didn't want to get too much into that on my own. Yep. Right? And it was so bad. <laughs> That I had no choice but to also watch my friend Dahmer, which Mm -hmm. was the 2017 that did go into the background. Did any any of these have Jeremy Renner in it? Dahmer. Okay. Yes. I just remember seeing something about Jeremy Renner being in in one of these. And so the one that I ended up, because we had the extra week, I'm like, fuck it. I got to find something. Mm -hmm. I found, I think it was like 1993. The Secret Life of Dahmer. Which is crazy because that's right after he I know, got arrested. I know. So, and it's by far the best of the three. Mm. So. Leave it to him. Buckle in, ladies and gentlemen. So, Jeffrey Dahmer. Of course, Wikipedia. I read an article in the New York Times. I watched it, like an interview with him on YouTube. There's a bunch of footage of, of him on YouTube if yeah. you really want to mm-hmm. watch him talk. Wasn't he on like a dateline or something? He's been all over the place. Yeah. Um, and then I listened to another episode of I've used their podcast before for another one of our episodes called Serial Killers. Mm-hmm. Pretty easy to remember. Yep. And then I listened to two because it's a two parter. Serial Killers is a three parter. And ironically enough, I don't know how long ago they published um, their Dahmer episodes that I listened to. But it was their like Easter weekend, like three part special was on Dahmer. So I just thought mm. that that was Amazing ironic that's so cool so whatever easter that was um that was serial killers and then i listened to a two-part uh two episodes on i cannot say the name of this podcast neck shit necronomapod n-e-c-r-o-n-o-m-i-p-o-d necronomapod anyways it was a great podcast (laughs) oh that's right yeah yeah totally um it was a good podcast it was funny group of guys talking about true crime great so i'm sorry i can't say your name you know get an easier podcast name to say i don't know what to tell you so let's take a drink oh you're taking a smoke cheers cheers with her uh her cheese so b's been dying to wear her We've Wisconsin cheese it. hat. We've talked about it. And we finally got herself a Wisconsin murderer. So she's got her I cheese got hat all. and her cheese koozie. Yeah, this is probably the most props I've had since the bling ring. Right? Between all my other body parts and whatnot. Like you give B two weeks, she starts watching multiple movies. <laughs> I'm getting real into it, you She guys. starts breaking what out do you all think the props. Of my hair? I did notice your Dahmer <laughs> hair. It's really good. It's really good. I got bobby pins in this bitch. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Let's do this. So Jeffrey Dahmer is born May 21st, 1960 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. His dad is a chemist. He's really smart. He's kind of a workaholic. His mom is a depressed hypochondriac. You know, it's an interesting household. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Totally. Um, She would always like kind of fake illnesses for her to get like her husband's attention. Okay. But... All around, for the most part, he had a pretty happy, normal childhood. He was a pretty normal kid. They did move around a lot for his dad's job, which I guess kind of sucked. 
After the birth of his little brother, his mom has a total nervous breakdown. His parents start fighting all the time. Great. So Jeffrey starts getting this like growing obsession with animal bones. Yes. And with dead animals and not killing animals or hurting animals. He's not into that. He's into taking apart dead animals to see the bones. He wants to know how our insides work. Yes. And he wants to clean the bones and preserve the bones. He's very into the bones of the animals. So one night at dinner, he asks his dad about what the chemist about what would happen if you bleached animal bones. And his dad's actually kind of psyched on it because he's like, oh, he's taking an interest in science. So he walks him through the process and they had a real nice bonding moment over that. Um, So he starts collecting dead animals and he starts cleaning their bones, etc. He plays tennis. He joins the school band. Um, He's a pretty smart kid. Average grades, whatever. Yeah. Entering teenhood, he figures out that he's gay. And there's a lot of mixed feelings about that, especially back then. Right. Right. So he keeps that to himself. But he does start drinking pretty heavily, which it was so funny listening to. The two podcasts I listened to where they go in so hard about the fact that he started drinking at 14. Okay. Uh And that he started bringing liquor to school to drink. I had the same. (laughs) I I believe me. I know. And what a bad sign that was. And I was like, oh, B and I started doing that shit at like 13, 12, I was going to say 12. Yeah. Yeah. Uh But in all fairness, Jeffrey was doing it all day, every day. For real. We would do ours on like Fridays. Yeah. Or yeah. whatever. But Jeffrey, and not every Friday, just when we felt squirrely. Right. And we weren't like full-blown alcoholics. From what I've seen of Jeffrey, like he becomes a oh, he fucking is drunk. Very much an alcoholic. Yeah. It is an ongoing problem uh-huh. in his life. I mean, starting at the age of 14. We knew to cover our shit up. You weren't going to smell that shit on us. Yeah. No. He starts drinking heavily at school yeah. at 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Um. So, and it's his way of, like, help coping, coping with his mm-hmm. parents' dying marriage, coping with the fact that he's gay and he can't or Doesn't. won't do anything about it. Right. Um, is the family religious? I don't know. I actually didn't read anything about the family being religious. Okay. I'm going to err on the side of not that religious if his dad's a scientist. But that's really smart. I wouldn't have even thought that. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like if, if they would have been overtly religious, somebody at some point would have mentioned it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Love it. Um, so, okay. So he also likes to get attention by pulling these weird pranks, like mm-hmm. faking seizures, th- like faking, f- like having fits, yep. uh, like loud random noises and words. And his friends start calling it pulling a Dahmer. Right. That's these little pranks and things that he does to get attention. They call it pulling a Dahmer. Yep. So that's how high school's going for Jeffrey. Around 16 years old, he starts fantasizing about, like, not just fantasizing about men, but fantasizing about, like, completely submissive, docile men. That's his deal. Yeah. So he starts noticing this male jogger run by his house every day Mm -hmm. at the same time, and he starts obsessing over this male jogger. Mm -hmm. He can't get him out of his head. He starts planning of how he can get closer to this male jogger. How can he just lay next to him? How can he just cuddle with him without the male jogger moving or knowing that he's there? Yeah. So he finally works up this plan that he's going to hide in the bushes and jump out and attack the male jogger with like, I think it's like a baseball bat. Okay. 
and then just knock him out. Yeah. And then just like lay and down next with, to him. With his knocked out body. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And then leave. Yeah. That's right. the plan. Yeah. But the day that he finally works up enough courage to do it, the jogger doesn't show up. Right. Which is very upsetting, I'm sure, for Jeffrey. <laughs> it took a lot of courage for him to hide in those bushes. And what, the fucking stars just aligned that day? So the podcast that I can't pronounce their name had such a great point about this that everybody talks about, oh, man, that jogger narrowly escaped Dahmer, like whatever. But what if Dahmer n- escaped the jogger? Like what if in a parallel universe, yeah. everything goes to Jeffrey's plan, except for that when he goes to attack him, the jogger is not scared and grabs yeah, the baseball he's bat. He's a grown ass fucking man. And beats and the shit. as fuck. And beats yeah. the shit out of Jeffrey out of Dahmer. teenage boy. And then calls the cops yeah. and then it's all over the uh, the whole, his whole timeline his gets life. stopped. Mm-hmm. For sure. Wouldn't that be amazing? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this whole like uh, idea that like, oh, he just narrowly escaped Jeffrey Dahmer. It's like, no, motherfucker, you could have stopped Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. You ruined it all. Yeah, let's blame this guy. Let's blame yeah. the joggers. It's all the joggers <laughs> fault. How dare you live, motherfucker. <laughs> so great. At 18 years old. His parents have officially divorced. Mm-hmm. Dad moves out with his new boo. Oh, um, mom finally wins custody of his little brother, who's obviously still a minor. She moves out. Okay, I don't know where she just moves. Yeah. So now, eighteen-year-old Jeffrey's left home alone. He's got the house to himself, baby. Okay, it's just him kicking it. Yeah. So by nineteen seventy-eight, he starts having this new fantasy. This fantasy is of him picking up like a shirtless hitchhiker yes and then getting him back to his house and then discovering that the hitchhiker is also gay and then they have gay consent i'm assuming consensual sex together yeah i would i would assume that as well Mm -hmm. three weeks after his high school graduation dreams come come true he manifested that bitch yes 19 year old stephen hicks is hitchhiking to a concert jeff picks him up talks him into going back to his house to drink some beers. Mm-hmm. But then Steven starts talking about his girlfriend and about mm-hmm. girls. Like That's what? a real turnoff, bro. That's a real turnoff. It's a real problem for Jeffrey. Um, so after hours of this, Steven wants to fucking leave. You think? <laughs> <laughs> like, I asked for a ride, dude. Um, Riding some beers. And Jeffrey doesn't want Steven to leave, so he comes up behind him and hits him in the back of the head with a 10-pound dumbbell. Yep. And then takes that dumbbell, brings it up and around Stephen's head, across his throat, and strangles him to death with it. Gotcha. Afterwards, he stands over his body and masturbates. Yeah, sure. Reasonable. So that right there is Jeffrey Dahmer's first first victim. And where are we? We're in Milwaukee? You know what? I didn't write that down. Okay. We are, because he moved around a lot. I know he grew up most of the time in Bath, Ohio. Thank you. Okay. Because I got really confused in the movies. Okay. So I'm not 100% sure if we're in Milwaukee right now. I believe Hicks was in Ohio. Yeah, I think so too. Because you'll, I'll tell you about it later, but eventually he moves back to his grandma's house and his grandma's definitely in Milwaukee. Okay. That's when we for sure moved to Milwaukee. Gotcha. Perfect. So <clears throat> I don't know. We're probably in Ohio I right think now. we're in Ohio. The next day, he dismembers the body, buries it. A couple weeks later, he digs the body back up. What does it say where he buried it? I mean, in his yard somewhere. Okay. He pairs the flesh from the bones, dissolves the flesh in acid, flushes it, crushes the bones with a sledgehammer, and scatters the bones in the woods behind his house. Wow. This basically becomes the blueprint 
for most of his future murders. Very detailed. So the future murders going on from here. So we let it decomp a little bit. Break down the body. Yeah, before. that part. The decomp part doesn't necessarily happen but a lot. Acid, yeah. But a lot of it repeats. So a lot of these murders, I'm going to skip over a few of them because it's the same thing over and over again. But I'm going to give you like murder highlights. Yeah. The ones that really stick out of the crowd. Okay. And then I have the Wikipedia page already pulled up for um, so I can name his victims at the end because yes. I don't have them all written down. Right. And that's when you guys should just have a bottle lined up. Absolutely. But I also have some of his victims written down already yeah, that just sprinkled I in also can't in pronounce. Mm-hmm. So six weeks after this, his dad and stepmom come back home. And they're a little concerned <laughs> you think? with the drinking and the antics that are happening with Jeffrey. Yeah. So they encourage him to go to college and he does. Oh, college, not rehab or AA. Let's go to college. No, I mean, this is the 70s. Yeah. Um, so he goes to college. He drops out within the first year. Yep. He's drinking too much. He, oh, I didn't write down his grade point average. It was like a 0.49. It was like below a one point GPA. I mean, we can kind of relate. We were- I mean, I had bad grades. I never had that bad I of know. grades. <laughs> I at least made it to where the digit was on the left hand I mean, side of the decimal. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um. All right. So he drops out within the first year. Then he joins the army and he specializes in um he's a medical specialist which feels appropriate hilarious hold on we're getting a refill guys beautiful Ooh, i dribble i know that should be that should be the other shotgun thing to our drinking game is hey, anytime you how spill. how long has it been don't weeks and weeks jinx knock on wood wow it's been weeks and weeks it's been so long <laughs> okay so he's training to become a medical specialist in the army. Again, he's drinking too fucking much. And he's eventually honorably discharged after two years in the army. I will All s- these honorable discharges we've had for these motherfuckers yes. in these past podcasts. Yeah. Um, I will say they mentioned on the podcast that there were a couple after he was like arrested or whatever. There were a couple of accusers who said that he raped them while they served with him in the army. Okay. I don't think anybody followed up with that. I don't know if it's just a sign of the times that nobody listened. Don't talk about that. Mm -hmm. Also, he was seemingly very honest about saying everything he did. And he swears he didn't do that, but he's also a fucking psychopath. I know. So, you know, you got to take what he says with a bit of grain of salt. I know. So, but there were a couple of accusers who said that he (laughs) raped them in the army, but I don't know if that's, True or not. Okay. So I lost where I was in my notes. Hmm. Oh, okay. Honorable discharge. So after he's honorably discharged, I hate that word. I love that <laughs> word. I think it's the best. He, what better honorable? Honorable yeah. discharge. He decides to move to Miami. One, to avoid his dad. And two, <laughs> because the weather's nicer. Hmm. And three, I don't know if he even put this together yet, but what better place to be a gay man than in Miami? So, oh, yeah, sorry. He hops around. He has a few jobs. Um, He gets fired from all of them. He ends up unemployed, homeless, sleeping on a beach, Mm -hmm. drinking his days away. So then he moves back home. Same shit. Drinking too much. Yeah. Being a piece of shit. Yeah. Gets arrested a few times for like drunken disorderly conduct. Right. So then finally, his dad sends him to live with his grandma Mm -hmm. in Milwaukee, Mm -hmm. who 
is the only person in his interviews or at any point in his life that he has shown even a shred of like respect and affection for is his grandma. Yeah. She's it. She's the only one. Yes. Um, so it works. He gets a job. He goes to church. He starts doing his chores. He still drinks and smokes, which his grandma's not thrilled about, but he's getting his shit together. Does it mention what he does? We're not to the chocolate factory part yet. No. Oh. There was another job in one of the movies. I'm just curious if it. Oh, uh, the phlebotanist. Is that someone who takes blood? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I didn't I didn't write it down, but yes, they do talk about the fact that I he's thought a that was fascinating. blood drawer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'm wondering if that was like at this point in his life. And I think. Yeah. Sometime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because pretty soon he's going to start working at the chocolate factory yeah, and then so, that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, someone has his shit together. Good enough. Compared to what he's been doing. This is a maze. It is. That's right? the best he's done so far. Mm-hmm. So 1982, he gets arrested again for indecent exposure. Um, I think, is this when he's, is this when he, I can't remember if this is when he exposed himself to a bunch of kids and parents it might not be it might be a different indecent exposure well, i'll say that never fucking came up in any of my three movies yeah okay um so this time he loses his job he stays unemployed for two years 1985 he gets a job at a chocolate factory mm-hmm. shortly after that he's he gets propositioned by another man to take part in some sexual activity with him and he ignores it but it does kind of bring up all of those feelings that he's been trying so hard gotcha. to push down. Yep. Um, so he starts going to gay bars and yeah. bathhouses and he is hooking up with men, but he doesn't like that they like move around so much. He doesn't like the fact that they're moving. He wants them to be really docile. Yeah. Like really submissive. Like a dead body. Yeah, he hasn't gotten there yet. But I know. Yes, uh, no, like but that's what, yeah, that's what he wants. Mm-hmm. So the next step to try to quench this thirst is he gets a mannequin. Oh. And he starts fucking the mannequin. Okay. And it's kind of working out a little bit. So like he drill a hole or something? I don't know. I, mean, yeah, okay. I don't know how you fuck a mannequin, but yeah. he's figuring it out. Good. Grandma finds the mannequin in yeah. his closet. And then he has to come up with some lie. I don't know what lie he told her, but he mm-hmm. came up with some bullshit excuse and got rid of his fuck mannequin. I didn't write it down, but the mannequin for sure comes up in the 2002 Dahmer with Renner. I mean, how could you not put the mannequin in every fucking movie? Yeah, no, it didn't come up in the other one. So now what he's going to start doing is getting these men at the gay bars and the bathhouses, drugging them with sleeping pills Mm -hmm. in their drinks, and then raping their unconscious bodies. Yes. That's the new plan. And he does this a A lot. lot. Uh He does it a lot. He does it at least 12 times that we have evidence of. Yeah. Before the gay bars start that, kicking him out. So there's evidence of this. Well, evidence that meaning like they start catching on. Okay. Because it's, you know. Because <clears throat> I don't remember him ever getting like arrested for any of these. No, he didn't get arrested for any of these. But what I mean is, you know, they had a pretty big gay scene in Wisconsin at the time in Milwaukee, which was actually a little surprising to me. I believe. Oh, God. That's why I got kind of thrown off before because you had said Miami. But I assumed you were talking about Milwaukee and you're like, oh, the huge gay scene. And I'm like, wait, what? And then I'm like, oh, Miami. Yeah, no, I get that. And no, but there was. My, yeah, no, but we're there back was a big scene in Milwaukee. I mean, not like the Castro. Right. But, you know, for the Midwest. Yeah. And so I 
don't quote me on this. I think Wisconsin was the first state to pass like the Civil Rights Act or the Civil... Girl, where is this coming from? Because what it means is, is that's why there's such a, so open a big, yeah. uh, larger gay population than you would expect in Milwaukee. And where, when I say, where is this coming from? Like, where did you just pull this out of? Like, was this I, just in your asshole? No, no, no. I think like, it was... tidbit? No, I think it was in the Serial Killers podcast. Oh, uh, okay. Because they go... The Serial Killers podcast, they do a three-part. So there's, like, background on... Um, like, yeah, the they location. do three parts on Dahmer. So they go deep. Because any respecting podcast doing yeah no that's not us though i know i know dude lou just put it together which is funny because i've talked about this on here and made fun of us made fun of myself about it but i told him that i was listening to some podcast about Dahmer getting ready for this and he was like he was kind of not paying attention and then he literally stopped what he was doing he put his phone down he stopped and he looked at me and he went wait you're telling me that you're listening to other podcasts to to get get information for your podcast i said yeah that's exactly what i'm doing Mm -hmm. and i give them their credit and their shout out of course they're way better than us yeah anywho i think that's where i got that was (laughs) the serial killers podcast fucking love it um okay so yeah so the gay scene even though it's a large scene for milwaukee it's still a pretty tight-knit community okay so that's what I mean. Not necessarily that there's evidence, but at some point they're going to start figuring this shit out. That like you go home with Jeffrey and then you wake up. So in my movies, again, because I'm not going to go into super detail about all of them. And I don't I don't recall writing this down. Um, in one movie, he gets caught by the bartender. The bartender pieces yeah. it together and is like, uh-uh, motherfucker. I yeah. saw you this time. That for sure like, happens I, in real life. Yeah. And then in the other movie, a fucking priest. Oh. A, a priest sees, like, from the bar what he's doing or whatever. Why is the priest in the bar? Exactly. And catches him, like, out of the side of his eye and makes a phone call from a phone booth. That's like, Dahmer, you've got a phone call. And so while he's trying to answer the call, the guy gets away. Oh, Uh uh-huh. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. So then he sees an article about uh, an 18-year-old male who had just died. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of like a dead body is very appealing to him. Nobody than a dead body. So he actually goes to try to dig up that poor guy's grave. Wow. But it's too hard. The dirt is too... Too hard. Too None packed in. None of that shit came up. That's incredible. So, yep. No dead body for him. So then he gets arrested. Oh, here. This is what I... So, yes. The the arrest I had just talked about was for exposing himself to some children and their parents. Which I also didn't know about. This time he gets arrested for masturbating in front of two 12-year-old boys. What? And Jeffrey claims that he was just going pee. Because they were like by a river. He's like, oh, I was just peeing in the bushes or whatever. Sure. So he gets one year probation for that. Wow. I didn't know about that either. So now November 1987, um, he brings 25-year-old <laughs> Stephen Tuwami okay. to a motel room back home from the bar where he drugs him and rapes him the way he's done multiple men, yeah. countless men. But then he wakes up the next morning and Stephen's dead. Mm-hmm. His chest has been crushed it's mm-hmm. caved in he's covered in bruises there's um blood coming out of his ears i believe and jeffrey's ha- 
hands and forearms are all bruised and scratched up. up. Mm -hmm. But he has no memory of this. Right. He has no idea how this happened. So he goes and gets... According to him. According to him. So he goes and gets a very large suitcase, puts Stephen's body in it, drags it back to his grandma's house, where he keeps it until for a week. And then after a week, he cuts off the head, the arms, the legs... He fillets the skin off. Oh, did we ever do trigger warnings? No. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> trigger warnings. And, um, you hear Dahmer? That's your fucking trigger That's warning. That's trigger warning. For That's real. your trigger warning. I'm sorry. So what was back to what I was saying. That's our safe word. For <laughs> he cuts off the head, the arms, the legs. He fillets the skin off. He cuts the skin into small pieces, crushes the bones. He keeps the head, mm-hmm. throws everything else into the garbage. And then two weeks later, he tries to boil the head in this like super strong detergent Mm -hmm. and he's trying to keep the head, but he fucks it up and it gets destroyed. Oh, so this happens a few more times, kills a few more guys. And then we find ourselves with 14 with a 14 year old boy. That is a one and a four, one, four, 14 year old boy. boy. Lured in by the idea of money for pictures. A lot of these guys are getting lured in for the idea of money for pictures. I'm not sure about this 14 year old boy. A lot of a lot of the men that Jeffrey killed were male sex workers. Yes. And so the idea of like, oh, all I have to do is naked pictures versus actually having sex or that's an easy giving a blowjob or whatever of course i'll do that easy money Mm -hmm. so that's how he's getting a lot of these but this is a 14 year old boy this is a 14 year old boy um oh i guess that's all i wrote down about that maybe that was because it was the first like kid that's the age he was when he first started drinking (laughs) yeah isn't that crazy yeah so March 1988, he kills 22-year-old Richard Guerrero. I'm sure that's wrong. Feel free to take a drink. Does it the same as the others, but this um, is the first time he performs a sexual act on a dead body. He performs okay. oral sex on Richard's dead body. Okay. So, okay. So Richard, poor Richard, rest your soul. That's the first time that he has sex with a corpse. Grandma eventually kicks him out. I can't imagine why. Right. Shocker. Eventually, uh, grandma kicks him out because he's bringing too many men home. Because you have to remember, he's also bringing men home and just having sex with them. Yeah. He's only killing the ones that he's very attracted to. Okay. Like, he'll still fuck dudes or get fucked by dudes yeah. or whatever. But the ones that he's, who that he thinks are that the most handsome, the most to. beautiful, those are the people he's killing. Yeah. Because he doesn't is, want them to go. Which is crazy because they also bring this up on that podcast. I can't pronounce their name. Um, there's a whole like laundry list of dudes that have hooked up with Jeffrey Dahmer. And lived. And lived. And it's so crazy to think that like, I guess it's a good thing he didn't pick you because you would be dead. Yeah. But it's nuts that there is like a whole bunch of dudes who are running around Milwaukee who hooked up with Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I mean, I'm sure you're going to get to this. There are like real life survivors. Like, yes. Yeah. I mean, kind of. Okay. Well, I then maybe again, the movie could be wrong. Or maybe the movie. 
Yeah, I don't know. Because we'll in my it. movies, there's like two people that for sure get away. Yes. There's yeah. at least one person who gets away. Okay. For sure gets away. Yeah. There's there's another person who I didn't write down and he um he got away because I think Jeffrey's grandma like calls up to the, okay, yes, you're right. I didn't write any of these guys down because it was just so many dudes. Yeah. Real quick, we'll do a quick cliff notes. There's a dude who Jeffrey brings home with the intent to kill. His grandma hears them yeah. and goes, Jeffrey, are yeah. you alone? Or whatever. <clears throat> Who do you have up there, honey? And the dude bounces. And Jeffrey lets him go. Yeah. He, th- whatever. There's another dude who I can't remember if he just gets injured. Something happens that interrupts the process mm-hmm. and Jeffrey drops him off at a hospital. Oh, interesting. See, I, I have known nothing about There's that. There's also a dude who he brings home and Jeffrey drinks the wrong drink. <gasps> and he, he drinks passes out. the drug-laced drink and passes out and the dude robs him. That's amazing. Gets his watch and like a few hundred bucks. See, and you were going to leave these hidden gems <laughs> totally out? out? Girl. Girl. Totally leave them out. And they talked about that too where they were like, that means that there's some guy out there with Jeffrey Dahmer's watch and nobody will believe him right. that he has Jeffrey Dahmer's watch. Because for me, watch. the whole thing, I'm the whole time I'm watching these movies, I'm like, to be that person. Yeah. To be that fucking person yeah. who encountered him and walked away. So yeah, those are some of the survivors. I forgot about them. Okay. There's the guy who drops off at the hospital, the guy who the grandma cock blocks in, yeah. and then the guy who Jeffrey fucking drugs himself. Love it. See, and then there's a fourth amazing. one that I will tell that you about. That we will get to. Yes. Eventually. Yes, yes, yes. So, okay. So grandma kicks him out. He's bringing too many men home. His room fucking smells terrible, right? Yeah, you think? <laughs> There's awful smells. I don't know what it could be. Emanating from his bed. And it's not just fucking cum socks. <laughs> nope. I wish. So he finds a one-bedroom apartment, and the next day he's arrested for drugging and fondling a 13-year-old boy. Ew. The worst. Oh, why? So he's convicted... So this is his second arrest? No. He's been arrested a, a okay. group of times. Well, for I felt like the other drunk times. and disorderly, indecent exposure, yeah, yeah, masturbating yeah. in front of those kids. Like But still, yeah, okay. So his sentencing is postponed. So while he's waiting to be sentenced, two months post conviction, he kills twenty four year old Anthony Sears. <laughs> same shit as the other ones same old song and dance. but this is the first time he permanently retains body parts Ooh! so after decapping decapitating decapping I jesus christ decapitating the body in his grandma's bathtub and yes. flaying his skin off uh-huh. and crushing the bones he keeps his head and genitals in jars of acetone. And genitals, okay. In jars of acetone. These jars filled with body parts follow him around. He takes them and puts them like in his locker at work. Yep. I've and then he like, that. when he has to move, he like takes them on the move yep. with him. Mm-hmm. They're very much a part of him. Yeah. May 1990 is his 6th, 6th victim 32 year old Raymond we're only on the sixth victim of Jesus Raymond Smith this is the first time that he starts taking pictures of the dead bodies of the dismantling process Raymond Smith is the first time he starts taking pictures he also keeps Raymond's skull kills two more guys including 22 year old Ernest Miller. Ah, you thought you were going to get me, but no, I got it. Mer, mer. <laughs> it was my own handwriting I couldn't read. 
Ernest Miller. This guy, he slashed his cartoid artery. Carotid. Oh, we'll drink to that. Yeah. Carotid artery. Carotid. Cartoid <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, he slashes that. He bleeds out. He severs the head. But this time, he must have really liked Ernest because he keeps his head and continues to talk to and kiss his head Aww. as he dismembers the rest of his body. And then he puts parts of his body in his fridge to eat later. Yeah. Some leftovers. Right. We're not going to waste. So then he kills another two guys, keeping both their hands and genitals. And now it's about to ramp up. Oh, oh, now. Now it's about to ramp up, we're ladies about to and hit, gentlemen. We're about to hit crazy, though. Yeah, so if you weren't already getting crazy with us, now's the time. And just a reminder, when I say, oh, he killed them, it's the same old thing. Uh, he dismembers them. He fucking yeah, decapitates that, that them. Yeah, that same he old thing involves a bucket of fucking acid. Yeah. That same old song and dance. So now he lures in 19-year-old Errol Lindsay. Um, but now he wants to keep someone alive. Mm-hmm. He wants to keep them alive, but 100% submissive. He still wants that fantasy. Permanently yeah. submissive to him. Yes. So he drills a hole in his victim's skull, mm-hmm. pours hydrochloric acid, into his skull. Into that little drilled hole. But Errol wakes up and complains of a headache. Yeah. So Jeffrey strangles him, decapitates him, flays the skin, and keeps his skin in some cold water to keep it good, but it doesn't work. Mm. Now the neighbors start complaining of the terrible smells coming from this apartment. Mm-hmm. Also of all the loud noises oh, that yeah. keep happening. Yeah. Police show up and... They show up a few times. He always has an excuse. Some of those are, oh, my fridge broke, so the meat went bad. I'm yeah. fixing it. Oh, my fish tank broke, so that's the smell of dead fish. Mm-hmm. Great. Was it always the same neighbor? I have no idea. Okay. Nobody ever said. Okay. So, May 1991. Get those drinks ready, kids. Oh. 14-year-old. God, again. Conorak. That synthesomophone. Yeah, sorry, Conorak. Conorak. I'm just going to say his victim from here yeah, on out because I, I do not want to disrespect him by getting I his know. name wrong. Ironically, in a weird twist of fate, in a weird, sick, disgusting coincidence, this is the little brother of one of the boys Jeffrey molested back in 88. Shut the fuck up. Weird coincidence. Never fucking came up. Mm-hmm. Wow. So he lures him in by... The That's I- crazy. He lures him in by the idea of taking nude pics for money, which he does do. And then he drills a hole in his skull, pours in the hydrochloric... How say it be? Hydrochloric acid. Into his frontal lobe. So this time he's getting more specific. Yes. He's going for the frontal lobe mm-hmm. now. His victim passes out. Jeffrey decides to go to the bar. Right? Keep it cash. His victim wakes up. He stumbles into the street naked. Yes. Asking for help. Um, There's a couple of women who stop to help him. Yes. And are trying to figure out what's going on. He obviously can't really form words. Yeah. But he gets out the fact that he needs help. And they can tell that he's scared. Yes. Mm -hmm. So 
here comes Jeffrey sees this, mm-hmm. comes out of the bar and starts acting like this kid, this 14 year old kid is like his drunk boyfriend. And that like, oh, he always does this when he's drunk. Police show up and start trying the to figure out what's going on. The fact that this kid is 14 years old is blowing my fucking mind right yeah. now. And the women who stop to help him are black women. I was going to ask if they Jeffrey were of color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. lives in a prominent, prominently, whatever. Predominantly. Predominantly. The, the day when you start saying words better than me, this is a crazy episode. Predominantly <laughs> black neighborhood. And, you know, fucking cops, especially back then, were racist, we're racist as, as fuck. fuck. So not only were you of color, you were a woman. Right. What the fuck do you know? Hysterical. Yeah. Right? Crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who the fuck is going to listen to you? And they were probably younger. Right. Let's say that they I were actually out. don't know. I, don't I know. know that's ages. why I'm, I'm just going to assume if they're out at this time at night, whatever, maybe they're also coming home from a bar or whatnot. The cops are just going to completely just. Yeah. The cops. Totally brush them off. They tell them to like straight up shut up. Like stay out of it. Of course. Jeffrey, of course, lays on the charm. Oh, this is my drunk boyfriend. He does this whenever he gets too drunk. It's so embarrassing. And the women are like, um, he's bleeding from his rectum. Like what? What more do you need? Do you want to do? And the police shoo them away. But they walk. Je- Jeffrey said, I have proof. I got proof back in my apartment. If you want to follow us home, fine. So what the cops proof? follow them home. Jeffrey shows him the nude Polaroid. Oh, my God. That this kid had taken for money. And it's like, obviously, it's my boyfriend. Look, here's our pictures. Here's. So the police tell him, take care of him. Have a good night. Good luck. Yeah. So, um, I mean, obviously... He kills him. Yeah. He dies. June 30th, he kills again, keeps the head. July 5th, he gets 23-year-old Jeremiah Weinberger. Same as the rest, but this time he tries um, to put boiling hot water in the hole that he drills into Jeremiah's head. Let's boil the brain. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah falls into a coma and dies. Okay few more kills he eventually gets fired from his job which means that very soon he's going to be out of an apartment yeah so things are kind of spiraling for jeffrey now right and he's keeping more and more body parts in the fridge yes ton of body parts in the fridge he's keeping the skulls he has this whole like arts and crafts idea with the skulls because he's been spray painting them so they'll look like decorative skulls oh and eventually he wants a certain amount he's going to make some sort of like alter table yeah. thing with them. It's this whole, you can read it on Wikipedia. There's yeah. this whole arts and crafts project he Love has planned Not for these skulls. one bit in the movies. Yeah. So July 1991, he lures in 32-year-old Tracy Edwards. Um, Tracy walks into his house, though, and immediately notices that things aren't quite Are right. Are a little off, yeah. Like the horrific smell. Huh. Especially the smell emanating from the 57-gallon drums that are in the house. They smell really bad. There you go, B. Um, so he walks in. That's all right. I'll drink it. So he walks in. Horrific smell coming from the 57-gallon drums, right? There's boxes of hydraulic whatever acid yeah. laying around. Exorcist 3 
is playing on the TV. Which I love. That is such a fun fact for me. Posters of nude men all over the walls. It's just a little sus. You think? It's a little sus. So as he's looking around and trying to put this shit together, Jeffrey pulls a knife, tells him he's going to eat his heart, puts tries to put handcuffs on him. I believe he gets one handcuff clicked on. And then our boy Tracy talks his way out. He Kay. like... He has to use the bathroom or something. Oh. He makes an escape. Okay. Runs out of the apartment, finds some police officers, convince them to go back to the apartment with him. Where they walk into Jeffrey trying to act casual. Right. I mean, he's gotten off on or not gotten off on, but gotten off, gotten away from police before. Right. He's so. They walk in to... Oh, my God. This fucking apartment. I can't. I can't. The police officers note that there is indeed a large knife beneath the bed. He also sees an open drawer, which he finds the Polaroid pictures. Um, Some of just naked men. Some of the naked men's dead bodies mm. in various stages of dismemberment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... Police officer notes that the decor indicates that they had been taken in the apartment where they were standing. Yep. And then they walk into the living room. This police officer walks in the living room to tell his partner, showing him the Polaroids, going, these are for real. Yeah. Like, this this is is happening. This is happening. When Dahmer, when Jeffrey sees that the police officer is holding several Polaroids, he starts fighting the officers, resisting arrest. They get cuffs on him. They overpower him. And they call in a second squad car for backup. At this point, the police officers open the fridge. Oh, my God. To reveal the freshly severed head of a black male on the bottom shelf. To be these police officers. As Jeffrey lays pinned on the ground beneath an officer, he turns his head towards the officers and mutters the words, for what I did, I should be dead. Yeah. So then they start searching the apartment even more. They... Reveal a total of four severed heads in Jeffrey's kitchen. Four severed heads. Boop, That's right. A total of seven skulls, some painted, some bleached, were in the bedroom. They discover collected blood drippings upon a tray, a portion of arm muscles, each wrapped in plastic bags upon shelves. In his freezer, they find an entire torso. Plus a bag of human organs and flesh stuck to the ice at the bottom of the freezer. Yeah. Which, you think when you got a fucking torso shoved in there, the fact that you had room for anything else. They also find two entire skeletons, a pair of severed hands, two severed and preserved penises, a mummified scalp, and and in the 57-gallon drum, three further dismembered torsos dissolving in an acid solution. A total of 74 Polaroid pictures detailing the dismemberment of Dahmer's victims were found. You know, just a couple. Fucking house of horrors. That is Ed Gain level of shit that they found in that apartment. I know. It's crazy. It is. I can't believe that these movies have just played it down so much. So, July 23rd, 1991, 
Jeffrey Dahmer gives his confession. It lasts right. two weeks. It's over 60 hours worth of confessions. Yeah. That's a lot. He confesses to everything in, uh, in grisly detail. detail. Of course. I will say, <clears throat> of all the pieces of shit we've covered, he's the only one that seems, he seems slightly remorseful. He... Listen, I don't want to give credit to him. He's a piece of shit who wrecked families and destroyed lives. And that's awful. But he does seem like somebody who fought these urges for a... I mean, he got a mannequin. Yeah. Like, he did... He knew what he was doing was wrong. Yeah. And he did try to stop it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, he wasn't man enough to stop it. Right. And he just he gave in and... Really fuck some people's lives up. I mean, obviously, there's no comparison, but it's like a relapsing drug addict, alcoholic. Yeah, kind of. With people. I also, you know what he made me think of was like, if he would have just had the balls, literally, metaphorically, the balls to be gay and to be out and to be open. Would he have? Would this have ended the same way? Yeah. Because I think of Kitty Genovese Mm -hmm. from our Boondock Saints episode. Where she was a ballsy, badass bitch who was Zero gay. Zero shame in who she was. Lived her life open, even mm-hmm. though she had a super religious family. Right. And had the best life and unfortunately was killed by a piece of shit. But I think of, I just think of Kitty, Gen- I think of Kitty Genovese and how much braver and cooler and better she was than Jeffrey Dahmer because she lived her life. Cool is never a word that Dahmer would ever be described no. by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... He seems to be pretty honest about everything. Um, But again, take what he says with a grain of salt, because who says you can trust Jeffrey Dahmer about anything? Um, He swears that he did not know that the minors that he killed were minors. He swears up and down that he thought they were adults. But then you have to ask the question, if you really thought they were adults, why did you expose yourself to young children and their parents yeah. why did you masturbate in front of 12 year old right. boys why did you drug and fondle 13 year old like sure okay that's what i said take with a grain of salt yeah. what this guy has to fucking say so the things his victims had in common they were predominantly black not all of his victims but most of his mm-hmm. victims a lot of them like we said were male sex workers um and they were all people that he was extremely attracted to he admits to the necrophilia. He admits to eating parts of his victims to feel closer to them. Okay. So that way parts of them were inside of him. And I mean, the huge theme that I'm seeing here is that he's just a very lonely individual. Yeah, but there's lots of lonely people who don't kill other people. Obviously. But so yeah. the cops find lots of evidence to corroborate all of this. Mm-hmm. He pleads guilty to 15 counts of first degree murder. Now, I don't go into the trial. It's a it's a lot of information about the trials. Yeah. What the only thing you need to know is this. His defense is claiming he's crazy. The prosecution is claiming he's not crazy because this was obviously premeditated murders right. that took a lot of planning. Yeah. Um they go back and forth on that a lot. Each side has medical experts and psychologists who back up what that side is saying. Right. It is what it is. At the end of the day, he's found guilty for like 15 counts of murder. Besides his grade point average being so fucking low, mm-hmm. which we kind of both know doesn't mean a fucking thing. Nah, it doesn't. 
do we know what his actual like IQ I, was? Yeah. No, I don't know if he's like genius. I don't know if he's like a right. Who's that? Edmund Kemper was a mm-hmm. genius. Yeah, a lot of them have been. Or no, because I least. feel like people really love the fact that serial killers are geniuses. So if he would have been a genius, this somebody would have been mm-hmm. somebody would have said something. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think he was very honest in his confessions, and I do think that he was remorseful about everything in general. Just maybe even if it was just where his own life went. Yeah. But the idea that he ended up being this person, I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. not great. So November 28th, 1994, he is attacked by two fellow inmates in prison. This is not the first time he's attacked. He's been attacked other times before this. In fact, he spent the first year in prison, I believe in solitary because they were worried about his safety. Yeah. Because we know. You fuck with kids. Prison justice, baby. You fuck with kids. It's happening. So after he gets out of solitary, I guess they must have put him in general pop. Yeah. Because November 28th, 1994, he's attacked by two fellow inmates. He's bludgeoned in the face and head with a 20-inch metal bar. His head is also bashed against the wall multiple times in the attack. He's found. I believe they were coming out of the gym. And he dies an hour later due to his injuries. His mom, upon finding out about this, says, quote, now is everybody happy? Now his that mom. His mommy. Where the fuck has she been? Now is everybody happy now that he's been bludgeoned to death? Is that good enough for everyone? Where has she been this No, mom, time? it's not good enough. I wish he would have had worse. I wish he would have had to withstand. I wish they would have drilled a hole in his skull first. And, and then put boiling fucking water. And, and then bashed his fucking yeah, head in. Exactly. What he did to these innocent people. Are you kidding me? So the not including all of the assault victims and the rape victims, he killed a total of 17 men between the years of 1978 and 1991. And that is the Cliff Notes version of Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Please listen to the podcast I mentioned before if you want a in-depth analysis of him and his psychosis and all of the shit that is wrong with him and what he did to people. But Gross. He's the worst. So I am going to very quickly be talk while I look this up. Okay. So on that note, I'd say if you do want a somewhat accurate look at what made Dahmer Dahmer the my friend Dahmer the 2017 is your closest mm -hmm, because that is actually from the point of view of someone who grew up with this kid went to high school with this kid was friends with this kid was part of the Dahmer fan club (laughs) Dahmer fan club Mm -hmm. imagine putting that on your resume put out a um it's like a a comic book type of memoir. Yeah, I saw him on YouTube. Okay. That the guy you're talking about, yeah. I saw him on YouTube. Okay. So a list of his victims is Stephen Mark Hicks, Stephen Walter Tuwami, James Edward Doxtater. <laughs> Doxtater. I'm not laughing at the names. I know. You're laughing at my inability. Richard Guerrero. Anthony Lee Sears, Raymond Lamont Smith, known as Ricky Beaks, which God bless you, Raymond. That's a fun nickname. Edward Warren Smith, Ernest Marquez Miller, David Courtney Thomas, 
Curtis Durrell Strotter, Errol Lindsay, Tony Anthony Hughes, Konarak, Synthesomophone, sorry, Konarak, Matt Cleveland Turner, Jeremiah B. Weinberger, Oliver Joseph Lacey, Joseph Arthur Bredhoff, and that's it. This is for sure our longest list. Uh, Well, I just think some people I didn't list them all because you got to remember Gacy killed like 30 fucking people. Okay, And so I did not. So some of them I I was bad. I didn't list them. It's so hard to hear it just like that in a list like back to back to back. It's It's crazy. It's hard. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Especially when you think about how that spiraling at the end where it was just one after the other after the other. Like he had a fast turnover rate at the end. He did. All right. Tell me about these movies, B. Okay. So... Again, I went the Dahmer 2002 route first as my initial movie because I didn't want to go into the background knowing you were going to do that. And because based on the trailers, it looked like there was more animal shit involved in mm. his past. And you know, like, I'm just, I'm not down with that. Of course. We, we've we've talked about that. Of course, of course. Right. You can kill people left and right, and I'm down to watch it, but you kill an animal, and I'm going to be a little bitch. It's not going to be cool. So, and it was the only, like, big actor, Jeremy Renner. Who I love. Okay. I love so then I'm Jeremy Renner. Okay. Then I'm really curious to get into this. Your mic is so far away from your face. I haven't started yet. Calm down. You've been talking this whole time. I can adjust. Okay. Okay. So in this movie, they're very religious. Okay. All right. His relationship between him and his grandma is obvious. Uh, right, reach. Oh, are they it, all the same flavor? I mean, there's an orange, and then the other ones are the red, white, and blues. So beautiful. Yeah, Where are the red, white, and blues. We don't know. Just America. Flavor? They're America. <laughs> Just America. They're flavor? America. <laughs> um. So I don't remember barely any mention of the mom whatsoever in this version. There is no brother. In this version. Oh, shit. Yeah. Just cut the whole brother out. Mm-hmm. It's really the dad and the grandma in this 2002. And the present Jeffrey is living in Milwaukee, working in the chocolate factory. <laughs> so, you know, immediately. <laughs> I'm Milwaukee, working in the chocolate factory. I'm so fucking excited. Just off the bat. Because this was supposed to be our Easter episode. And even though they were making chocolate Santas in the movie, mm-hmm. I'm like, we're just going to turn those into chocolate bunnies. And then your mom got Violet a chocolate bunny. Of course. And then I stole said chocolate bunny. And chocolate bunny is here with us this evening. Oh, not very in exciting. the pod shed because no. we knew we would eat it. I but would it eat will be, yeah, ears. it's going to be part of the fucking props and will probably be eaten soon after. But still, I was very excited. About him working in the chocolate factory. It's pretty amazing. Uh, And so in this version, the first person we start off with, the very first abduction, I guess, is Conorak. Damn. Yeah. 
right? We're far into the late in the game. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Late in the fucking game. He takes him back to his place on the assumption that he's going to be paid to take these pictures, right? Almost gets away before he's fucking found by these two African-American women who are completely fucking dismissed and just. And by the way, you had said that in the movie, he's like a grown man. He's a grown ass man. He is not 14 years old. Crazy. No, no. I'd say he's like in his 20s. Because at this point, what? So it was like late, like 78 that he graduated, that he was like 18. And this is in the 80s. He's got to be in his late 20s, like mid to eight. Yeah. mid. Konarak might have even been in the 90s. It might have been like 90. Exactly. So he's fucking much older than a 14 year old fucking boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So that was not portrayed in the movie at all. And we know what happens. And in this movie, it's a lot more like there's a huge fucking montage about all the drugging and the raping in, yeah. in the uh, like gay club, right, that they get into. And then finally, the first kill that we get to see is um, the flashback to Stephen Hicks. Uh-huh. And again, you know how much I hate the fucking back and forth. In the movies, right? Yeah. The flashbacks. It drives me fucking crazy going back and forth constantly. And this movie did that so much. Oh, man. It was so confusing. <laughs> oh, and so the only really interesting thing to note about their interaction is there was this huge conversation that focused solely on like sexuality, social conformity, and like. What makes people rebels? Him and Stephen Hicks? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Who would have been the hitchhiker. Uh-huh. That's his name. Yeah. The first kill. Mm-hmm. And Hicks argues Clyde Barrow. Not bringing up Bonnie and Clyde Motherfucker, again. Motherfucker, I'm bringing up Bonnie this and Clyde. This might be the third time we've brought them uh-huh. up since our episode. So in this movie, he argues that Clyde of Bonnie and Clyde in episode 29 for us Go back and listen to it. It's a great episode. It's a great fucking episode. He broke just about every law, rule, whatever man had. Mm -hmm. And he's like, but I've never heard about him fucking no other dudes. And right. Because they're talking a lot about this. And this is where the conversation goes. And Dahmer's like, well, yeah, but that's because that's not like the norm. Right. No one's going to put that in a book. No one wants to see that in a movie. It's like, it doesn't mean it never happened. Okay. Which freaks Hicks the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, bro, I got to go. Like this, this is my. How interesting. Uh-huh. What a weird conversation. It was a real weird conversation. But the fact that they tied in the Bonnie and Clyde and I'm going to tie in episode 29, it's happening. Okay. So like I said, Hicks gets weirded out, tries to leave and gets the weight to the back of the head. So that was accurate. He does get a weight, and that does happen. Um, but in this one, he bags the body. He tries to dump it. He tries to take it, like, in a car and get rid of it, but gets pulled over. Yeah, by- that happened. Yes! I, you I totally forgot about it. fucking bitch. I love I it. I fucking love cops. it. I love it so much. Yeah, he does. It actually happens a couple times. Yep. It happens a couple times, and but, he's honest about it. Of course. he's like, They're like, what is that, a dead body in there or whatever? He's all, yep. And he's literally like, I'm about to go dump this shit. And yeah. they're like, all right, son, you need to head home. It's too late for you yeah. to be to Yeah, they think this. he's yes! joking. And they're like, you know, it's too late for it's you to It's true. Be. I forgot all about it. Oh, I love it so much. 
so he hides it under the porch, which to me is Gacy style. Yep, definitely. Right, hiding it under. And that's why I had asked you when you said he buried it. I'm oh, like, right. where did he bury it? Because mm-hmm. in the movie, he did it under the house. Love it. Right. Which I assume, I guess this would have been his grandmother's house. I would assume. Anyways. So eventually, my favorite person in the whole fucking movie and the only thing that really I'm passionate about through any of this is Rodney. And I Rodney? Did, yes. Who's Rodney? Nobody. <laughs> fucking nobody. They just made him up. I think if anything, he's the last guy. I think he, his real name would have been Tracy who got away. Okay. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, he is Rodney. And I even took the time to note who he is. He's Artel Great. Okay. And then I even like tried to go and figure out what movies. Wow. Deep research. I did because I appreciated him so much. Like he literally he made. He really held the he movie. He made this whole fucking movie for me. Um, He was in Save the Last Dance. Oh. Obviously, I've never seen that fucking movie. I've seen it, but it was a million years ago. Yeah. That's all I can say. Okay. He fucking killed this role okay right he's everything let's go rodney if you're gonna watch it you're gonna watch it fast forward to him okay (laughs) he's everything amazing he gets picked up at a pawn shop and the relationship between him and Dahmer has nothing to do with the actual reality of of jeffrey Dahmer. okay it's all theatrical bullshit and I'm living for it. Okay. They have this fucked up romantic on and off situation. Uh-huh. So Dahmer picks him up at this pawn shop. He buys a knife okay. at the pawn shop. Uh-huh. And Rodney goes back with him. They stop at this gay bar. And Rodney's like, I got to go in. This bro, he owes me money. Like, come in with me. Jeffrey's like, no, like, I'm cool. I'll stay out here. And that's when they do the whole raping montage where we see where he used to go to the gay bars. Right. Now he's not allowed. Uh-huh. He's raping yeah. Everybody. So he's waiting outside. Finally, Rodney comes back. They go to his house. They have the rum and Cokes. What did we have? The worst rum and Cokes known to man. <laughs> I'm not. I can't be excited about it. I'm sorry. B shows up and I'm like, oh, my God, I cannot wait to drink because it's been a long week. Please. And she's like, do you want to drink? A shot of rum, Bacardi rum with a Diet Coke back. I said, of course I do. I always want a shot of Bacardi rum with a Diet Coke back. I didn't know she brought me Diet Coke. That, that was, was like eight years old. Yeah. years old. A million flat years old. Flat as a pancake. I didn't know it was flat. skull stang. Yep. But here we are. <laughs> here we are. I'm already, I'm halfway drunk. So keep talking. All right. So... They go back to Dahmer's place he makes Rodney the drink, the rum and coke, with the drugs in it. But Rodney can hang. Like, hey, the drugs my man. ain't doing shit. My man. So Dahmer has to fucking, like, entertain this dude. Right. Which is cute at first. But, I mean, he's going to get impatient. Like, he's got his routine. Right. And this, this shit's not flying. That's hilarious. It is. It's so funny. So... Shit goes down. Eventually, Rodney does try to leave. Jeffrey wrestles him to the ground, like pins him to the ground uncomfortably, like in an awkward situation. Mm-hmm. I think he might even handcuff him. And the whole thing's so weird, but he allows Rodney to leave. Why? Exactly. So weird. Allows him to leave. Okay. 
Rodney comes back. Why? Claims he can't get a bus. Okay. But really, it's because, like, he himself in the movie, I feel like he wants to believe that Jeffrey is a good man. Okay. And, like, there could still be something here. But he claims, like, it's because I can't get a bus. And Jeffrey's like, no, I think you're mad. Oh. Like, I think you're upset. A lover's quarrel. About what I did to you earlier. And you came back to get your revenge on me. I think you're a, a fucked up person. Oh, are we projecting now? Jeffrey? Right, right. And so it kind of goes like that where Rodney's like, well, you're the one that picked me. Mm-hmm. So why am I here? Kind of a back and forth. Mm-hmm. And he's like, if anything, you're the fucked up one. Like, why don't you tell me what's going does on? Does this lead to hot sex? It does not. Oh, I wish it did. Right. I know. And so Jeffrey's like, yeah, I'm a fucking, I'm an exhibitionist. I'm a masturbator. I'm a this and that. I'm a fucking killer. And so are you. Congratulations, Jeffrey. Yeah. And they even had this weird fucking conversation about the cross. I guess Rodney was wearing a cross necklace. And Jeffrey is like, do you know what that stands for? And obviously any person would be like, well, Jesus and this and that, blah, blah, blah. And Jeffrey's like, no, that's a fucking torture device. Yeah. That's something they created to fucking torture people on. So people that worship the cross are just basically worshiping the electric chair. Well, and I'm like, well, there you go, Easter. There's my time. <laughs> There's my time to Easter. Also, congratulations, Jeffrey. You're so much smarter than everybody else. Right. You can you figure out a way to justify your fucked up murdering and torturing of people. Right. Okay. So... All said and done, he basically calls Rodney like the bottom of the bottom. Like, not only are you African-American, you're black, you're gay. Like, you're scum. Like, no one fucking cares about you. Great. You're lucky I even looked twice at you and invited you back to my place. Mm -hmm. Right? And so Rodney's like, well, why did you invite me back? This and that. And they get into, like, another physical fight <laughs> and he lets rodney go again again and this and is so rodney has no clue about the other victims no. of jeffrey no okay not at all because they did try to take it into the bedroom where there was a corpse lying yes in the bed that <laughs> happens with um the i do not want to say his name again but the 14 year old victim yeah. who ended up running out of the apartment Jeffrey had like laid down with him on the bed and there was like a Vic like like, there was a corpse on the floor. Right. Like just rotting away. Mm -hmm. And he's like, come lay on the bed. (laughs) And when the police came back to like remember that he showed him the Polaroids and they're like, okay, good luck with that. The police officer did mention that it smelled terrible in the apartment. Yeah. And they did peek into the bedroom and I don't know if they saw the body they or not. But just they, assumed they were sleeping or well, something? Well, they were just like, mm, it's none of our business. No, we're out of here. Whatever they're doing in the bed, we don't want to know because right. we're afraid of any kind of homosexuality. Or, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Good times. So, like I said, I'm going to give this movie like a one skull. That's the end of the movie? That's it. He lets, he lets this fucking kid leave. And really, the movie ends with the flashback of what he does picking up Stephen Hicks or whatever it goes back and forth in time this is the one with Jeremy Renner yeah oh, okay. right 
All right. So what? how many skulls? So I'm giving it one skull. Instagram is going to be crazy. There's going to be so many ratings. One skull? I'm giving it only because of Artel. Really? Right. Oh, oh, that Rodney character. Rodney. That's the only thing that stuck with me two weeks later. How'd Jeremy Renner do? Okay. This is where I got to talk to you about Jeremy Renner. Okay. All right. Let's take a Jeremy Renner pause and talk about him for a while. <sighs> so apparently Jeremy Renner has got this huge fucking TMZ story where he got on some fucking drunk high bender and like physically and sexually and mentally abused not only his wife but his one-year-old daughter what yes no yes what yes no yes i refuse to believe i know because i'm googling it i'm googling it right now I'm, i'm not even kidding he again allegations he's like left and right no because he's a part of the Avengers. I know. Could you imagine part of the Avengers does this? Yeah. Okay. Jeremy Renner. So that's why I'm like, I don't know how much of this was acting or if he's just fucking crazy as shit. Well, that's like for sure. This is factual. Christian Bale. Yeah. Everyone loves Christian Bale. And he, he's legit gone off the rockers on his wife. And, and his mom. Yeah. He mm-hmm. held his mom and wife as like hostage, hostage. in a hotel room. Yes. Yeah. No. All right. Keep talking. I'm I will. Like, I will. So that's where I'm just like, uh, I th- I won't even lie. I'm a huge runner fan myself. So the reason I chose this movie, I wanted to start with him. Literally the only known actor in any of the three fucking movies I watched. And then I read after the fact, uh, again, through a very reliable source, T. M- I'm reading Z. it right now on TMZ. <laughs> I'm on TMZ. Literally. Dot com as we speak. Z, right? But, but I'm reading that Jeremy is firing. But when is this? No, this is he, he, like I said, October he 2019. Completely denying that any of this shit is true. And I, I really hope that it's not. Firing back in legal docs of his own at Sony's, Sony's claims he abuses drugs and alcohol in front of their daughter, stating she's making up the allegations because she's pissed their relationship never worked out. Um, he insists he does not u- use drugs or alcohol. He submitted to random drug testing for three months to defeat homegirl's claims. They all came back negative. He hired a mental health specialist to monitor his visits with Ava to prove he's both sober and capable. I'm just trying to hold on. It's a lot. But I'm, I'm trying to find the original. Okay. They said that Jeremy Renner was coked up and drunk when he began. They used a big word. Talking about <laughs> killing his ex-wife and the night ended with uh, after shoving a gun into his own mouth and threatening to kill himself. There's a lot on here. Yeah. So it's a feel said, free. She said. <laughs> yeah. Feel free to do your own research on that. But I just found it very interesting. Wow, I am. I know. Lord. I know. I feel like the power of Disney covered that shit up. I know. Because I haven't heard one word of it. Mm-hmm. And of all the like allegations that have came out over the past and like, after, five years. I know. And after your whole thing at the beginning of the podcast. How much I love Jeremy I, Renner. I, no. Oh, with Sword and Scale. Yes. And then I know. Believe me, girl. I fucking love Jeremy Renner. Jeremy too. Renner like, Sword and Scaled me. How dare he? I know. So 
Listen, make of it what you you. will. Do your research. I'm going to read it when I'm sober. Go through it. Please. Everyone has their own side of their story. But just know that after reading that and watching the movie, I'm like, I wonder how much did you really fucking act? He's a really good actor. I feel like the really good actors are always fucking. There's more to it. A little bit of psychos. So after that shit show, that one skull. One knife. Or one knife. Sorry. One knife we, we moved on to the knives. Yeah, a mm-hmm. long time ago. And which I'm only giving because of Artel Great, right? Because of Rodney. Because of Rodney. Literally. He held up the whole the movie. The only reason I'm giving it the one skull. Fair enough. One knife. And then I did go on to my friend Dahmer because okay. I'm like, I, I need something. That's the one I've heard of. Yeah. It's that, just, that's the more recent one, right? Correct. The 2017. Which goes into his past. Okay. Because it's from the point of view, it's based on the graphic novel and memoir of John, which I guess went by Durf, because his last name is Backdurf. Okay. About his childhood friendship with Jeffrey, and it was published in 2002, the same year that Dahmer came out, the movie I just covered. Okay. Right? Okay. So this version of his family, I feel, is more accurate to the version that you gave. Except they make his mom seem, like, mentally ill. Like I mean, she probably was. I right. just, I skated over it because it's like, eh, how Why? much do you want to talk about right. it? Um, the dad's a chemist. Mm-hmm. We talk about Jeffrey and his experiments with the dead animals, like the, the roadkill, right? Mm-hmm. Not animals. He's killing. Nope. Animals already dead. Mm-hmm. And um, he has the little brother and they don't mention the grandmother at all in this movie. The grandmother is like irrelevant in this movie. But I do feel like it is the most accurate to your story. Right. Um, So it's his senior year of high school. And in the movie, they say he's acting like a spaz. And to, right. Right. And to me, I'm when just. When he's pulling a Dahmer. Correct. And that's what finally gets him the attention. And he likes the attention. Oh, yeah. Kind of like his mom. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Faking are, things. Mm-hmm. Pu- pulling this shit to get attention. Right. So they do. They call it a Dahmer. They do the Dahmer fan club. And Dahmer becomes Backdurf's muse for these sketches. Okay. That he's doing. Okay. Right, since high school. And then those eventually become his book, his memoir. Do you want to know what kind of creepy fact about Dahmer besides all the creepy facts you I just gave know you? You know I fucking do. So one way that he would pull a Dahmer is when they were taking photos of like clubs or whatever in the, for the yearbook. Mm-hmm. He would sneak into those photos even though he wasn't part of That's those clubs. That's in the movie. Is it? Yeah. And so then the yearbook editor. He's in every fucking. He's supposed but to. But yeah. he blacked him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these fucking creepy yearbooks exist of like. This a blacked out face. Chess club or whatever it is mm-hmm. with a blacked out silhouette. Just with Took pen. like a Sharpie. Yeah. yeah. Just took a Sharpie mm-hmm. colored over him. 
those are all pictures of Jeffrey Dahmer. And it was because of out. this fan club. They tried to sneak him into ev- and they told him like, do the most deadpan, just dead ass face. Incredible. Ever. Yeah. Uh-huh. Incredible. Yeah. So it's like sneaking the like sneaking the bird when you're getting your class picture, flipping the bird. And that's what I'm saying. This would be the most accurate. It's just it's all about his past. And also, we went to school with kids like this. Oh, we went to school with kids who constantly pulled Dahmers all the time. Yeah. All the time. Mm-hmm. And so I do have a question for you. Oh, hit me. I know. So in this movie, he gets to meet the vice president. No idea. Never heard of it. Okay. So in this movie, they go on like a class trip. Uh-huh. And they meet the vice president to Jimmy Carter. Okay. No. Walter Mondale? Mondale, whatever. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I just didn't hear about it in any either of the podcasts. And literally or the, the only reason I make note of this is because the VP of the United States asks Dahmer, Hey son, like what are you gonna do after high school? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I wanna be a biologist. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe it <laughs> happened. Who knows? <laughs> And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, maybe you wanted to go more into like anatomy. (laughs) Yep. And then um, there's also this kid named Fig, who you and I, we've talked about it. We talked about it. Yeah. uh, It's probably not worth mentioning with you. But again, (laughs) this kid, we obviously would have gone to high school with. There was a more obvious like serial killer. So they they were saying like there was a weirder kid than Dahmer. They yeah. were saying Dahmer wasn't as weird. There was this one kid who was super weird. Yeah. And his Jeffrey's classmates used had been whatever. They said that if they had to have chosen somebody to be a fucking serial killer, it, it been would not this have kid. been. Yeah, it would, it would not, have, not been have been Dahmer. Jeffrey. It would have yeah. been Fig, apparently. So, obviously, by the end of the senior year, he's like a walking zombie, right? He's a fucking drunk. He reeks of alcohol. Yeah. He is like a shell. He's not a fun drunk like us. No. He is like a shell of himself. But it's pretty sad. They're, and the boys even admit in the movie or whatever, like, they wanted to talk to him about it. They knew something was wrong, but it wasn't something that they knew how to address. Yeah. They didn't know how to approach him or what to do. Mm-hmm. which I get, right? These are teenage boys in the 70s. What the fuck were they supposed to do? They're not taught to talk about their feelings. Yeah, especially back then. Yeah. So they could tell that he was struggling and they felt like they were exploiting him and they wanted to do something, but they didn't really know how. Yeah. And I can really respect that. Okay. Right? Like, I get it. I totally get it. Mm-hmm. And it's after graduation that we see Dahmer pick up an attractive young male. Stephen Hicks. Okay, we're back to Stephen Hicks. The movie ends, it says on the screen, June 18th, 1978. uh, Hicks went home with Jeffrey and was never seen again. And then in 1991, Jeffrey was arrested and confessed to killing 17. Wait, did you just glide by the whole movie? No, that was it. What? That was how the movie ended. Oh, so it was only about his adolescence. Yeah. It's it's only about so it my, ends with Stephen Hicks. Yeah, it's my friend Jeffrey Dahmer. Got and it. Hicks would have been the very first. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I just I thought that they like 
buzzed past her. Okay, no, that's why I'm, I'm with saying you. I didn't want to watch that movie because I knew it was only going to be about his past, and I knew you were going to cover that. Yeah. All right, cool. But I was left to watch it because I'm like, oh, I fucking hated the other movie. Right. And luckily, I got another week. Amen, sister. But it's funny that the one that just um, focused on his adolescence left out the jogger scenario. Left it did out- not. Oh, I le- I left that. Okay, out. that's fine. It, my point is that's like kind of a big deal. So as long as they had it in there, it that's absolutely good. did. No, okay, it fine. showed it. So in the movie, the jogger was a doctor, like okay. a pediatrician in town, <laughs> of course. And he actually went and scheduled an appointment with said pediatrician. And when he was doing his exam, got hard. And the whole thing, and he absolutely hid in the bushes, mm-hmm. and all of that was in there. Also, I don't know if you guys have noticed, I've yawned twice. Yeah, so, so drink up. Drink two times. Drink up. I'm trying. I might be blacked out by the time this podcast ends. That's what I'm hoping for, because I still have a whole other movie to go through. The, the movie I'm actually reviewing. Um, oh, those were just the warm-ups? Because remember, I hated the first one. One knife. Second second movie, my friend Dahmer is... So even though... How many knives? Even though it's not the movie I was looking for for this podcast, I'm going to give it a four. It was really good. Wow. The nice. acting was good. It doesn't Who go back... Who plays Dahmer? Do we know? Just a nobody? I don't. Okay. No. Did he do better than Jeremy the Renner? The only known actor in this movie was Anne Heche. Whoa. Who played the mom? Okay. Yeah. Random. Mm-hmm. How did how was this Dahmer compared to Jeremy Renner's Dahmer? I loved it. I love this Dahmer. I this thought this is a way better Dahmer. I thought he was very good. I thought okay. it was and he will relate more to who I'm gonna go into, not during this movie, but my follow ups. Fantastic. I got a lot more to go and that's why I brought extra seltzers tonight. That's right. That's why this was this is what happens when you give me a whole extra week. When you give me a whole extra week, I'm going above and beyond. <laughs> All right. Third movie is called The Secret Life of Jeffrey Dahmer. It should have been called The Not-So-Secret Life of Jeffrey Dahmer. No one in this fucking movie. Perfect. Because it was made in 1993. Like we said, right after his arrest. Correct. But also right before he gets killed in prison. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a real short window from arrest to death. And they come up with this movie. Perfect timing, right? (laughs) So I'm drinking it out. And I will say the best articles that I read, um, New York Times, I feel like I read one in the LA Times, but I'm not sure, so I don't want to say that. For sure, New York Times happened like, these articles written like 92. Like they were real fresh. And those were the best articles because everything was fresh on everyone's mind. So this one does talk about the army, uh-huh. right? It's the first time he's released from the army and he's going to live with his grandma. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's all accurate right there. He is discussing his past, right? Like we can see him like thinking back. And it's how he began drinking in this movie. It says at 16. We know it's 14. Started with the animals before fascinating about people. And in this one, um, it says he's been obsessed with learning about bodies ever since listening to his little brother's heartbeat in his mother's womb. And I thought that was fucked up as shit. That shit gave me chills. I'm like, oh my God, that is so fucked up. Another thing I left out. 
was he was very into listening to the, his victims' heartbeats and their stomachs. Okay. Very into it. Okay. There fact, we go. That ties into this. In fact, there's at least one, but maybe a couple victims where instead of luring them in with the idea of pictures, he lures them in with the idea of just let me listen to your heart. Yeah. And I'll pay for you. 50 bucks or whatever. Yeah. Amazing. Didn't know any of that. Love I know because I didn't tell you about it. Because I'm the worst. So he recalls on June 18th, 1978, just a few weeks after graduation, 18-year-old male hitchhiker, we know, Steve Hicks, in Ohio. And so according to yeah. this movie, he gets an additional life sentence because the majority of the other men were in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. but because of Hicks, he gets another one. Okay. So there we go. And... He doesn't get convicted for technically the first was. No, that wasn't the first one. Steve Hicks is the first one. The victim in the motel where he wakes right. up and realizes right. he does not get convicted for him okay. because he has no memory of it <laughs> and they have no evidence to support that he murdered him. So gotcha. he gets let off on a technicality. So I do know, again, in this movie, it is a weight to the back of the head. But in this movie, it's at his grandmother's house while his grandmother is inside the house sewing. Beautiful. Right? I'm like, that is fucking some crazy shit. Amazing. Right? So whether or not that actually happened. And um, like I said, he's working for the blood bank, which I found fascinating. It says in September 15th, 1987... Jeffrey picks up a drunk man at a bar, takes him back to a motel where he only remembers them trying to fuck and they couldn't because they were both too drunk. That happens. And then in the next morning, he's dead. So that's the guy that was supposed to be at the Ambassador Hotel. Mm -hmm. B, can you just hand me a seltzer? You're so much closer. Of course. With your long arms. Thank you. Ooh, a red, white, and blue. Oh, it's red, white, and berry. Oh. Cherry, citrus, and blue raspberry, which is not a real flavor. Blue raspberry. (laughs) They always say it's a flavor, but it's it's not a real flavor. Yeah, because have you ever seen a blue fucking raspberry? (laughs) Right. Blue raspberry is always like an electric blue fucking Mm -hmm. Slurpee or whatever. Okay. So, he... Claims he has no memory of beating this man to death. He chops up the body with a saw, puts it in a suitcase, and stores it at his grandmother's house. Perfect. All right? accurate. All accurate. Love this. I don't want to fuck up our whole You're okay. set up. There we go. 1988, Jeffrey begins slipping drugs into men's drinks, luring them into his grandma's house. You the- said, did they mention the mannequin? The mannequin was mentioned in the 2002 Dahmer. Jeremy Renner's Dahmer. And Jeremy Renner's Dahmer. <laughs> because he was living with his grandma and his dad comes to check on him and is like, you scared the shit out of grandma. She found the mannequin <laughs> in your closet. There's another thing is he has this wooden chest. Okay. That used to be the dad's old magician chest. Yeah. But instead, Jeremy had the head. 
yep. stored. That's in a it. real thing. Yes. That really happened. Okay. See, so these are things I left out because I'm like, this fucking movie is garbage. These I hate- are things I left out because it's so many decapitated heads and details yeah. that you're like, how many do you need? But yes, mm-hmm. that really happened. And it was something about the dad was like checking in on Jeremy. Like you said, yeah. like he had scared grandma. He's off the hook. And there was something about the chest. So in the chest, according to the movie, the dad had stored something in a hidden compartment uh-huh. and said that no one would know about it. So he's like, I want to check the hidden compartment. And Jeffrey's like, no, I'm hiding my porn in there. Right. Like you can't see that. Yeah, absolutely. That's yep. Okay. That's exactly what happens. And I think the only place I didn't read that anywhere. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear it anywhere. But the serial killers podcast, mm-hmm. they are the only ones who dug deep enough to find that info. And but, that was in the 2002. Yes. And he tells him that he goes, oh, I have porn in there. I don't want to. He tells him, I don't want to take it out because I don't want to freak grandma out. And I don't want to be disrespectful. That he stole the mannequin as a joke on yeah, a whim. Yeah, it's a joke and he's, he's had it. He's happy to take the mannequin All of this back. is true. Yeah. All of this is true. So then that was in the 2002 that I gave the right, horrible well, rating. So that gives I mean, him, you know, sh- a little bit of an extra knife. Yes. For accuracy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've got the whole situation with him drugging people, asking people to come back for pictures. And again, he claims that he has no intention of killing the men. But when it comes to time for the men to leave, Jeffrey can't handle it. Right. Right. He gets really angry. He's got like these anger issues. And this kill was the first time he kept what we're going to call a souvenir. He kept the skull in this movie. And he removed all the flesh over time. Mm -hmm. Right. Preserved the bone, the whole thing. Very delicate. Was took extra care to really get this right. That's so gross. I know. Right. Like it was so important to him. Do they show it in the movie? They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he's got his routine set. He picks the guy up at the bar, takes him back to grandma's house. We're going to drink. House. We're going to take pictures. Whatever. He moves the body to the bath, chops them up. So we've got a nice African-American man that he picks up on the side of the road. His car's broken down. Yeah. And Jeffrey's like, that's cool. Come back to my grandma's house. I'm sure she's got jumper cables. Oh, yeah. Right. Makes him the drink. He does get drugged, but he figures it out. And he gets gets away. Okay. And he tries to tell police. Uh Uh-huh. But because he seems like a drunk African-American man is completely dismissed. Yeah, of course. No one gives a fuck. Right. And so then it marks. So we're like at this point, I'm only like 40 minutes into the movie that between 1982 and 1988, while living with his grandma, Jeffrey killed and dismembered four young men. Okay. Right. So just in the time that he lived with his grandma. He was doing work. That is so fucked up. Of course. Right? The whole thing is fucked up. That's I know, why he but with his grandma. I know. I'm sorry. And so then at this point, like, his father basically kicks him out. Like, you're fucking up 
your grandma. Like, she's freaked out. (laughs) Get out of the house. Again, can't imagine why. Right? Like, you're drinking. You're a grown-ass man. You keep bringing this men home to fuck. She doesn't know what's happening. There's weird smells. Like, get the fuck out of your grandma's house. So this is when he gets his apartment in Milwaukee and begins a new job at the chocolate factory. Yay, chocolate factory. Right. And he it notes that at the factory, he keeps his souvenir. He keeps one of the skulls at his locker mm-hmm. at work, which we talked about. They had talked about the idea, like, how funny would it be if he had gotten fired? And they were like, don't come back. We're just going to clean your locker out for you and, like, put your stuff in a box and could give it you to imagine? you. imagine? Hilarious. Could you imagine? It says it so we could feel closer to the victim, like he's never going to be alone again. Okay. So he was only in his apartment for one day before bringing home his next vix- victim. Vixen? Nope. Yep. Victim. Victim. And this time police crashed the party because a neighbor called the cops saying they saw him bring a minor. This is the 13-year-old boy that he to the house and fondled. Took pictures of. And um, this got him, it says, in May of 1989, he's convicted of sexual assault and enticing a child for immoral purposes. Yep. Absolutely. Was sentenced to a work release program yes. and five years of probation. Yep. All of that's true. I didn't put it in because I didn't feel like it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So in writing, it says between 1999 and 1991, in apartment number 213, Dahmer brutally killed and dismembered 13 young men. Yep. So we've got, um, I guess this is the first victim that we see where he tries to create like a living zombie. Right. right. Like someone he can control mm-hmm. where he drills through their skull and injects the site with different chemicals until he can figure out like the perfect cocktail. And I have to be honest with the Jeffrey Dahmer thing. Okay, it's all bad and it's all terrible. And everything leading up to this has been horrific. And it's disgusting and awful. And I don't stand for any of it. But I feel like this is where it really takes a turn. Like yeah. it really turns into something on a different level Mm -hmm. the idea of drilling a hole in somebody's skull into somebody's head just alive enough and then put random fucking acid or boiling water or whatever you're doing Mm -hmm. could you listen i feel so awful for the people who are strangled to death and then their bodies this desecrated. This is like when you're under anesthesia. But could you, you imagine being fucking, I don't know if he tied him down to something yeah. or whatever he did to keep them still. And then having a hole drilled into your head. Yep. And then having these liquids poured into your head is such a different level to of me, fucked it's upness. It's like being under anesthesia where they're chopping into your body and you can feel everything. But you're stuck and you can't say a word and you can't fucking move. So awful. Yeah, that's what he was going for. Disgusting. It's the worst. It's my literally it's my worst. Me too, because we're both control freaks. Yeah, it's to me. That's worse than death, because in death, I can hope that I'm not conscious enough to realize what's happening. But in that case, you're literally realizing everything that's happening, but you cannot 
say anything or do anything about yeah. it. You're just it's feeling it. Yeah. And we're both control freaks. And that's why it it's freaks us worst. out so much. Yeah, Me can't. too, girl. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. So he's my nightmare. Yep. And so his neighbors, like specifically one neighbor. Specifically? Specifically. No, like specifically. One neighbor is really coming at him hard. Like, bro, what is your deal? As they should. And she seems like Jamaican in this movie, like some kind of <laughs> okay. whatever. And she's very much just like, what is your deal? Like, I can smell shit. You're fucking weird. Something's off. I'm yeah. going to tell the landlord. And he's like, that's fine. Tell the landlord. I've told the landlord. It's backed up sewer pipes and this and that, which I also felt was very Gacy-esque. Also very Bailey-esque because when remember we talked about when you um, moved my into dead your house, body in the bathroom. Yeah. You had some weird thing with your toilet where it smelled like mm-hmm. a dead body in your it bathroom. Did. Absolutely. And he's like, and I guess one time he claimed that his fridge broke and all the meat went bad. Yeah. Like, okay. And the fish tank mm-hmm. and whatever. I'm like, all right, Albert. <laughs> oh, can you remind me when we're all done with this? I have a fish fact. Can you remind me? No. Okay. <laughs> Fish fact. Okay, we'll do our best. <laughs> it's a really good fact. You're I'm really gonna sure it is. Just do it now. Okay, so we were watching a documentary this morning about dolphins. Okay, <clears throat> and then they were is also- a dolphin a fish? No, a dolphin's a mammal. Okay, I didn't think so. But they were also talking about where dolphins live and occupy. They were talking about the coral reefs, whatever. Yeah, there is a certain fish that is. Almost wholly responsible for keeping the coral reefs healthy and alive. Amazing. These fish go around and eat the broken, the dead, dying, decaying parts of the coral reefs. They eat those parts. Amazing. Get them out of there so that way new reef can grow. grow. Yeah. But guess what else these fish do? Because all they eat is rocks and coral. They poop out sand. (gasps) Oh. And each fish poops out five tons of sand a year. Five tons of so sand? So most of the sand is from is these poop. fucking coral rock fish that eat the dead coral and then poop sand out. That's and they amazing. have video of it. And it's amazing because yeah. when they poop, sand just flies out, flies out of their butts and then lands on the sea floor. And it's like, incredible. <laughs> that's so amazing amazing i love it so think about that next time you're playing with sand y'all you're building that sand castle it's poop i mean it might not all be poop but some of it for sure a lot of it is poop (laughs) that's so cool yeah i'm so glad you did this i never would have remembered all because of jeffrey dahmer's fake broken fish tank well with his fucking fish smell (laughs) anywho Anywho. Anywho. The bad smell from his apartment. So Dahmer has a probation officer mm-hmm. in this movie who seems fairly. This is all real. This is all stuff yeah. I left out. He seems yeah. fairly concerned for his uh-huh. well-being. Yep. His well-being. And he is really struggling with his sexuality at this point, his religious upbringing. She's like, bro, get counseling. Get therapy. Please. Get some help. For the love of God. Please. Like, do something. So, back that up with a surprise call from mom. 
Hey, mom. Claiming to be living in California. Hey. She's helping AIDS patients. Perfect. Much of which are gay. Of course. And that's helped her really understand and relate to Jeffrey. Great. Too little too late, huh, mom? Yep. I've already killed multiple people. So I'm assuming this is all complete bullshit and just made for the movie. I never heard anything about it. Mm -hmm. But it really sends Dahmer into a spiral. Can't imagine why. And we see him start to dissolve the bodies in the acid, which makes me relate to our one too many barrels episode 18 i did think about that episode 18 think about that for sure especially when they brought up the 57 gallon drum and i'm like oh yeah then we also have an instance where he is feeding one of his vix vixens one of his vixens god me and my menstrual institutions menstrual institutions that was so funny i could not stop (laughs) okay what was he feeding his victims meatloaf made out of human meat right which reminds us of silence of the lambs and remember to wear your face mask episode three the barbecue the barbecue and then yeah the um silence of the lambs episode of course he was feeding the girls in the pit. Yeah. The other girls he had killed. Of course. I can't remember his name, though. Is it Gary Heidnick? Yes, that sounds good. All right. Yeah. Hey. We're going with that. Listen to all these episodes we've covered. I know. I had to. You know our one-year anniversary is coming a- up. Don't get me started. Okay. I can't believe. I won't. I know. Let's keep going. I can't. So he also starts calling the family members. What? Yes. What? In this movie, he literally calls and fucks with the family members. No, I didn't read anything about like, that. Like pretending to be them at first and then being like, ha ha. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, you know, they threw that in there. Oh, my Lanta. And we do have a character depicting Conorac. Mm-hmm. 2002 Dahmer. Same thing. Um. Holes drilled under the head. He does manage to escape. And again, it is like two minority women, like women of color. Mm -hmm. I don't know that they were both African-American, but still. And they do. They try their best to just really fucking argue with cops. Like, no, this is not okay. Right. Yeah, this is fucking insane. And so. Could you imagine being those women and you were so close, like you were doing everything in your power to help him. And then it wasn't enough. It wasn't. Because nobody would fucking listen to no, you. No, I can't. How mm-hmm. awful. So it says July 22nd, 1991. Dahmer can basically tell his his time is up. Right. This is when he's. He's getting sloppy. He lost his job. He's he knows real he'll be homeless sloppy. soon. How is he going to explain that apartment when the people come through he's to do the barely, inspection? He's barely keeping his neighbors off his back. Right. Right. Like he knows. And this is when he brings home what would have been our Rodney. Yeah. And I think in my, in the actual case, it was Tracy. Tracy Edwards. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the young African-American male that he handcuffs. And apparently, I still, I don't know what happens if he fights off Dahmer and gets away. Mm -hmm. Right. But he ends up getting to police. 
And police look at him like he's the fucking crazy person. Of course. You have handcuffs on. Right. You're drugged. Right. You're black. Yeah. You're fucking crazy. You're mumbling and stumbling and why should we believe you? Yeah. But fortunately, they gave him the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. And they did show up to the apartment. And Jeffrey was confident as fuck. Yeah. Confident as fuck until they started searching the apartment. (laughs) Yeah, of course. That house of horrors. Right. And so we do, we get like the refrigerator freezer full of shit. Mm -hmm. Right. All the good stuff. All the body parts here and there. Mm-hmm. corpses lied about oh my god it's so disrespectful mm-hmm. and they say that Dahmer confesses to killing and dismembering 17 people he was found sane by a jury in February of 1992 convicted of his first killing Hicks in Ohio got him another life sentence the movie ends with a dedication to all of the people that he killed and even the two that managed the, to get away. Um, so I'm for sure going to give this movie like a... I'm going to give it like a three and a half. Uh, really? I am. Be just because... You gave the last one a four. I don't... So for me... I just felt like they took certain liberties in this movie that made it a little over. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fine. I, I, I do feel like the la- the other movie about his past was more accurate. So I don't want to give it like the same. So the very first one is a half a knife. The second one is four knives. Well, I, I mean, I guess I'll bump it up to a one because you've confirmed some of the other random shit that they threw okay. in here. So a one knife, a, a four A knife, one, a four, and a and three a and a half. 3.5. Yeah. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got some other random shit in here. Give it to me, baby. Oh, what I really appreciated about this movie Mm-hmm. What really gave it the extra half for me is how detailed they were. So we got like multiple killings. So all of them have referenced how many people he killed. But what in the first movie I got maybe two. They all seem to definitely be heavy on Stephen Hicks. The first one. Yeah. And the victim I cannot say his name. But the first. W- right. I don't Is he the first one that he did the. No, he's the second one. The 14-year-old boy that he drilled the hole and did the acid and all that. So in the first movie, he really only killed, like, the two. Uh Uh-huh. Right? The rest was, like, the raping and shit. Yeah. And then in the other movie about his past, it's, again, just Stephen Hicks. Uh Uh-huh. And then in this movie, like, they get into it, but very briefly, like, clips here and there. But you get to see him kill more people. I'd say you at least get to see him kill, like, Five people. Okay. Right? Which mm-hmm. is it's more. You yeah. get to see the two people escape. And um, because of those, you get like an axe. You get multiple types of saws, a hammer, a meat carver. Wow. Yeah. It, they get very creative. Okay. In this in this version. And um, 
I guess my whole beef with all of the movies, all of them, is just how they pass over. Like, 17 people died. Yeah. Right? And we're just combining them all into one story. And even though they all died the same way, I still would have liked at least some kind of representation of what each person went through. Whether it just been like, on this night this happened, and this night this happened. I don't know. And I'm sure that's not going to make a good movie. Right? Or maybe like even if it was a good movie and then at the end they did like a little scrolling thing where it and was I, and I, their pictures yeah. or names or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's that. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I will say that Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. What is that? Thank you. It's about to come up on Netflix probably next year, 2022. Okay. Right? Starring. So uh, this is going to be Evan Peters. Who is from that? From American Horror Story. I don't watch American Horror Story. Story. I don't watch American Horror Story. If you see him, it's perfect. Okay. He's the perfect Jeffrey Dahmer. He's very much so the Jeffrey Dahmer they picked to play. Yeah, because I gotta be honest. I when they said Jeremy Renner, I had a hard time picturing Jeremy Renner as Jeffrey no. Dahmer. No, Evan Peters is gonna be a phenomenal Jeffrey Dahmer. And Fantastic. So this one, so it's Ryan Murphy and Ian Brennan are collaborating on this whatever. So it says this long term partnering is going to be a focus on 10 different times when Dahmer was almost captured wow, by 10. authorities, but ultimately allowed to walk free and continue his reign of terror. This limited series seeks to tell the story of cases as much as it portrays the white privilege oh. and police incompetence okay. that led to this monster's getaway with killing so many people for so long. That's absolutely on point. A 10-episode series will span between the 60s, 70s, and 80s before ending with Dahmer's arrest in the 90s. Perfect. It sounds fucking amazing. Yeah, and everything you just said about the whole white privileging, that is absolutely That's so on true. Point. He got He away. was a single white man in whatever in his like mid twenties and thirties getting away with fucking everything. Yeah, he got away with so much because of that. Mm-hmm. Got let off with light sentences. So the fact that this is really gonna narrow in on that and focus in on that is just so fucking brilliant and to have Evan Amen. Peters. I just and so the reason I brought up the neighbor is because I heard that Niecy Nash is set to play the neighbor who apparently repeatedly repeatedly kept trying to call out like bro something's wrong with this fucking neighbor but no one listened to her because she was like a jamaican or she was an african-american woman I or whatever for whatever reason she love, got dismissed i love niecy Nash. i know right my boo i love her then oh my god i know i'm gonna take a sip all right because i got more i hey hit me also there is a british version of Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. Who did pretty much all the same shit that he did. And they have, it'll be an extra special assignment for you because instead of a movie, they made a 
three or four part series about him okay. on BBC. So, you know, it's good. Oh, you yeah. know, it's that good shit yep. mm-hmm. starring David Tennant, who is a great fucking actor. One of my okay. favorite actors. Okay. Um, and he looks exactly like the real life serial killer. Amazing. So we will be doing that. Just not anytime soon because we're just a Dahmer and he's very Dahmer-esque. So we got to take a break, but we are definitely going to do that. Love it. So apparently, I believe yesterday, which would have been Friday the 9th. Okay. Sure. Discovery Plus. Yes, you're right. Because today is 410. I'm looking at on the computer. Yeah. Discovery Plus had a special titled Ed Gain, The Real Cycle. Real Cycle. (laughs) The Recycle? What? The Real Psycho. Oh, The Real Psycho. (laughs) uh, He did recycle people's bodies into furniture. The Real Psycho. Where So apparently this is like... Some guy, his name is Steve Shippy. He's a paranormal investigator and documentary filmmaker. And he claims that he successfully talks with not only Ed, but also, also his mother, Augusta. Oh, yes. Augusta Gain. Mm-hmm. That fucking piece of work. Right. So this has inspired, obviously... Like Norman Bates. Yes. For Psycho, which we haven't done. But we did do Leatherface. Yes. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ed Gain, we chose Leatherface. Ep- episode three for oh. the true fam. Wow. The people right? have been here for the For longest. the real, real. And then obviously Buffalo Bill, which we referenced. Of course. Episode 33. But we did that for Gary Heidnick. Right. So I love this. So we got episode three and episode 33. Amazing. Right? And um, I also want to note that this documentary is the first time cameras have ever been allowed on the game property. Is it still there? The house? Yeah. Where the actual evidence was discovered is the first time. Crazy. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious. I want to watch it. When does that come out? Like I said, I think it was yesterday. I think it was. Right. The ninth. Yeah. What channel? Discovery Plus. How Discovery Plus be? Well, we'll figure something out. I I wonder how (laughs) we might be able. Wow, incredible! I I told you I came fucking locked and loaded this week. B had so much came ready ready to to roll. Mm -hmm. Yep, because so much of what you said was like I know I didn't write it down, or yeah, and those are my favorite parts. Well, it was chock full this week. I love it. I love it so much. Uh, let's briefly talk about my look of the week. Briefly? What are you talking about? Your look of the week is epic. Uh, so she brought so many props. My reasoning for like this windbreaker. Wait, 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 listen, I'm sure you've been hearing this throughout the whole rain world. jacket. This reminds me if you literally Google images of Jeffrey Dahmer you're gonna see him in a mugshot where it looks like he's wearing a windbreaker uh-huh like he's wearing something very similar my okay. my colors aren't perfect obviously and I did the comb over hair the hair is perfect and I've got the glasses the glasses although I do wish you had bigger glasses but there's nothing we can do about no that. no the glasses in in the house 
Oh, I have other I glasses. You, I thought you meant your actual no. glasses you're wearing right now. No, I have actual glasses. Big glasses. Yes, in the house. Because he has those 80s giant glasses I have that everyone used to amazing wear. Amazing glasses in Fantastic. the Fantastic. Throughout the podcast, you haven't known. I've been taking. Did you hear that? Caca. <laughs> I'm so scared. We hear something. It's either an animal or a person right outside of the poncho. They're terrified. (laughs) Anywho. (laughs) Um, I forgot. (laughs) I know. So we were talking about you have your glasses. You have your comb over. Uh, Yeah, I've got my comb over, which is looking phenomenal. I've got the glasses inside. Oh, throughout the podcast, I've been smoking with a dead hand. Right. <laughs> That's been your joint holder this yes. whole time. And I've been taking pictures. I've also been drinking out of a cheese. Yep. Your cheese koozie. Yeah. That I need to take a picture of. And I will be incorporating a cheese hat, mm-hmm. which I have in the house. Yep. I also have a skull. Yep. And then um, we referenced earlier his one of his main cocktails throughout all of the movies. Roman Coke. Was a Roman Coke. So we have a rum and diet Coke. Mm-hmm. And then you also have our chocolate bunnies. Oh, yes. The chocolate bunny that I stole from my daughter. That was from your mom. Perfect. Yeah. We have so many So props. many props. I can't wait. Great. It's going to be the best. That's a Bee's Look of the Week on THC Podcast on Instagram. Yes. I wish we had more social media, but we don't. Yeah, we have a Twitter. <laughs> I don't post on it. We have a Facebook. Don't post on it. No. So... But yeah, if you've left us a good comment, a uh, five-star rating, we really appreciate it. If you've told somebody about us, we really appreciate it. It all counts. I told a client about us this <gasps> week. Yes. Oh, it's very official. Girl, that's huge. I've also told my coworker, but he has really oh, bad Oh, yeah, that ADHD, doesn't count. So he doesn't count. But no. um, yeah, I told a client because she was super into like true crime podcasts. And, and you're like, okay, girl, you got to check us yeah, out. We'll see. So thank you so much if you've done that. If you have not done that, please take the time to do that because it helps our podcast a lot. And thank you so much. Next week, you guys, this we always drop our episodes on Tuesdays. So we'll have this episode coming out. And then the following Tuesday will be do the math. 420. Hey, for THC podcast 420 is a big deal. You think so? Our next week will be some sort of weed case and we might not even be drinking we might have a special surprise for you next week i think i'm gonna bust out like my sobe my bong not the sobe my steamroller i died last time i didn't say you had to take it (laughs) so next week might get a little crazy because it's our four be so stupid our 420 extravaganza we'll do a little edible action it'll be great what are you talking about I get so excited. Oh, my God. (laughs) She's like, we're going to kill you on air. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. So love you guys. Tune in next week. And thank you so much. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Oh, my God. Edibles.